Dedicated to the no, British really? Open Institution, no. Coronation Street. Not I'm true. back on it. I Not am. True. Did everybody listen to our special secret bonus on the last extra bonus episode yesterday? Why did you go up so high when you started? What do you mean? You're what? like, <laughs> I'm just excited to be doing another podcast again. I love it so oh. much. Um, is this better? So much better. We're going to be talking about the episodes of Coronation Street between the 27th and the 26th of right. August. Which on. is episodes 10,723 to 10,728. And I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And we're going to talk about Coronation Street stuff because that is what we do. But. Yeah. I'm going to talk about an exciting experience that we had on Monday, don't we? <laughs> we went to go and see George Banks. Hashtag bring back Henry. Hashtag bring back Henry, please. If you've just been watching Coronation Street for a few years, you won't know the joy of George Banks and Henry Newton on uh, on Coronation Street, but he is very much in our hearts. And, as long uh, as there's a Rover's return, yeah. we can have a Rover's return of Henry Newton. And he makes top billing of our podcast this week because he's a very awesome, lovely, friendly man. Um, so we went over to Windsor, didn't we? Yes. Fancy. And um, we, we watched him in a play, which was Dial M for Murder. Yep. And it was him and some other actors that so I he got heard of. he let some other people be in it with him. Yes. There was... The, the, he wasn't the main billing, was he? I can't, what was the name of the bloke who was the inspector? Phil? Philip. Something like that? He's in EastEnders or something. I don't know. It won't, won't Phil Mitchell, was it? No. <laughs> um, but George was excellent. We had a very lovely time. We had we had a nice tea with George. I tell you, where did we go? A Thai restaurant. Giggling squid. And um, it was cool to see him in something again. So the last time we'd seen him perform was a couple of years ago when he was in, uh, when Pride he was Mr. Prejudice. Darcy, wasn't he, in Pride and Prejudice. And he was playing some, someone similarly um, caddish in this uh, play as well. Ca- no, what do you mean? He was a secret boyfriend. Um, You've got to be a cad to be a secret boyfriend. No, I don't think so. <laughs> he was. He no. There was a, a lady. No, they were they were old flames, weren't they? Yes, he was a he was a what was he a, a, a murder writer. mystery script writer. Yeah, and uh, it was a good play. I didn't know anything about it beforehand, no. <laughs> and I got to the end of the first half, and I was like, I'm so impressed with myself. I'm following it. I understand everything that's going on. There's only been like four characters in it so far. Second half, I didn't understand quite so much. It was very twisty and um, yeah, and they're going to make it into a film by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh yeah, I definitely. Got, I want to watch that. The Alfred no, Hitchcock. They're going to do it soon. He's going to be in it. He's is, gonna, he, is he going to do that? Yeah, is he's going to make one with George Banks. Anyway, it was lovely. So if anyone um, who also fondly remembers um, Henry off Coronation Street, George is doing very well. Thank you very much. And um, he is still excellent at doing the old acting thing. He still do it. So why can't he be back in Coronation we Street? We did. We 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 talked about bring back Henry. He doesn't think it's possible, but like Gemma said, as long as the Rovers return stands, there will always be a place for George. As long as those the the the, the, the lifeblood of the Newton family runs through those pumps. As long as Leo doesn't get his hands on on the brew. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, more, an, eyes no more eyes and no sour. No more funny around. Or maybe he could, and then George could come in. Henry <laughs> could come back in yeah. and tell him what's what. I would love that. I would love to see that. Anyway, it was cool. Come and um, keep I would, him in the I would say go and see it yourselves, but um, it's late. pretty much finished now, and it's not touring or anything. But it was awesome, and I, I wish George all the very best of luck at finding other similarly cool acting jobs as the year goes on, especially if one of them's Curry. 
Um, but apart from that, that's been about it this week, hasn't it? Still just kind of recovering from the holiday. I know. Still coming down <laughs> from that high of last week of um, well, going going out to celebrity parties and going to see behind the scenes curry stuff and just generally having a lovely time out there. Spoiler alert, we have printed a photo. We have printed we've a photo. Up, we've updated the wall. Yes. Well, I, I can say our curry wall right behind us now, um, now includes the lovely picture of me, Georgia and Millie at the party last week. Um, so love and so yeah, she is now so, an honorary he's wall on, she's hanger. On the, she's on the wall. She's right behind my head right now. Well in, done, Millie. You made form. it. You made it. Right. Would you like quiz. to do a quiz? I would love to do a quiz, please. I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia, and mm-hmm. this these are things that happen between the twenty second and the twenty sixth of August in years ending in a two and a seven. Awesome. Kicking it off with 22nd of August 2007, Jack and Vera celebrate which wedding anniversary at the Rovers? <laughs> 2007? Um, uh, 50... No, what, what, um, what? what metal? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I'm going to say gold, but I think gold was a few years before that. Gold? Tell me an answer that's gold. not a question. Gold. gold. It's correct. Oh, congratulations, Jack and Vera, 50. Now 60. Now you're on your diamond, if only you were still alive. 23rd of August, 1982. Len and Rita move into number seven, and who moves into the vacant number nine? Oh, good question. Oh, thank you. Jolly good question. Who moved in there? 1982? In the year of our Lord, 1982. I am going to say, Chalky Whiteley. And who else? Uh, Craig, Craig yes. Whiteley. Craig. Oh, this, I like this question. 23rd of August, 2002. Doreen Heavey buys a house plaque for Ashley and Maxine. Oh, gosh. And now the house has say. a name. What is it? Oh. I think, didn't she do Dun Roman for them? She done Roman. No. Oh, what is it? Balmoral. Balmoral. Oh, See, yeah, should, I suppose they haven't have... done much Roman, have they? Especially as Ashley was scared of flying. You should have known that because uh, it's linked to the fact we went to Windsor. Bal- is it? Balmoral is the Queen's oh, also residence royal. when she was in Scotland. Mm-hmm. 23rd of August 2017, after a panic attack, where did Chesney leave Hope and Ruby? Aunt Bus. Yes. There's some say they're still there <laughs> to this day. The brain's Roaming the outskirts. 24th of, of August 2007, who does Paul Clayton pretend to be to get a loan? Ah, Jack Duckworth. Who is, Who is his, his grandfather? Grandmother. Yeah, no. Twenty seven <laughs> <laughs> You like you like, oh what what was he to him? His grand niece? No. Twenty fifth of August, nineteen eighty two. Who tells Mike Baldwin that she's pregnant with his child? Nineteen eighty two? Nineteen eighty two. Maggie Redman. Maggie Dunlop. Yes, I know, I know, I know. I get a point. Definitely. Twenty sixth of August, nineteen eighty two. I'm not having that again. Where does Jenny go with Martin Platt to skip school? Um, this must have been that car crash talent show episode, a talent show audition, talent audition thing. I'm getting a head shaking here. No. Some might say that all talent shows are car crashes. Okay, go on. France. Oh, did she? Oh, she went, went to she France. Went, when she went grape stomping. Which I have to say Patrice. is the best I skip school story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's you a used bit, to be able to do that back in the day, you bit, can't do that it's anymore. It's a bit middle class, isn't it? It's a bit. 
all these all these people from up in Manchester and Zofford, they think they're so working class, but nobody goes grape stomping <laughs> to get out of school <laughs> down here. That's it. Is that it? You got that many oh. out of that many. I, I, I thought I did quite well. Not too wrong. That's good. Okay. Well right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Birthdays. I've got some birthdays to tell everyone about. 27th of August. Saran Jones, who played Karen McDonald. Oh, I've been watching her on ITV3 this week. She's just got married to Steve for a bet. <laughs> the Larks. Oh, the Larks. Um, Vicky Binns, who played Molly Dobbs. And we have a VIP to give a shout out to. Kerry Atkinson. Oh, Happy yes. birthday. I hope that you have group. a good day and I hope that things get better for you soon. Yes. That's, yeah. So that is a very special shout out there. 30th of August. Joy Stewart, who played Miss Sinclair in who? Pardon the Expression. Crikey, straight from the bottle and barrel here. Okay. Director Baz Taylor. Baz Lerman, yeah. 31st of August, Matilda Freeman, who is Summer Spellman the first. I wonder how, how old she's going to be now. 82. 18. 1st of September, Violet Carson, played Ina Sharples. Love it. Bonus fact, and I probably said this last year because I've written it down with an exclamation mark and I've just copied it from last year, that she was born in 1898. Lovely. And I probably said this last year as well. Happy 124th to you, ma'am. But just to put it into perspective, that was 10 years after the reign of Jack the Ripper in London, so she's pretty old. Also pretty dead. Pretty old. 2nd of September. She wasn't a victim of Jack the Ripper. No. No. Uh, 2nd of September. <laughs> Sue Cleaver plays Eileen Grimshaw. Now on Instagram. And Sean Gallagher played Paul Connor. Dead. Happy birthday to all those lovely people. Happy birthday. Anything else? And also happy birthday to Kerry again. Yes, happy birthday Kerry. That's, that's it. it. Oh, well, that nice short. Oh, no, I'm on 10 minutes or so. Let's, uh, let's do street talk. <laughs> So, what has been going on in Coronation Street this week? Lots no, of stuff. What? more importantly, what, what stupid puns have you got for us to enjoy? I don't have stupid puns. I can puns. see at least one. I've got one amazing one. I've got, I've got one pun, but I didn't come up with this one. Oh. See, I was trying to think of a, a pun for the R.D. and Kelly storyline. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. And, and it was Jonathan on Facebook group that suggested oh, this. I'm sorry one. I said it's stupid. So, I can't remember it. That. It was something no, along the lines is... of losing their virgin R.D. <laughs> Which is quite good, I think. Uh, I was thinking of loads of different ones for this one, but I quite like that one. It's only going to be like going to be able to last this week because you can't lose your virginity twice. And don't say that um, so nutty foo foo means that you can. Well, I don't know how Oddie could do that. He and he he certainly couldn't know. But I was also thinking of like what could their shipping name be for Kelly and Ardy? What what? Well, at first I thought we could go kind of simple and have Ah Kelly. But instead of the R, just like, an, an AA. No, just an AA, like for R, D and Kelly. R, Kelly. But then I think yeah. I've settled on Kellard. Yeah, like Wellard. Yeah, exactly. Like Wellard Kellard. the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that is a tribute to our um, EastEnders loving brethren. It is, indeed. And Wolford Beakley, <laughs> shout out to you. So unless I can think of anything better by next week, then Kellard is the storyline title for this romance going forward. Although I also thought that when... Um, if we had something related to his um, going out in the car today, we could call the storyline Ard Drive. Ah, uh, I did. You were on fire. Yeah, or I thought of um, something. You're going to ruin it now. Kelly's gone soft on Ard. Um, Not as good? Okay. Lee, I should have left it on, on Ard Drive. Um, we've also got the Stu Finn frame storyline, which is happening next. And I think between us on the Facebook group, we've been able to pretty much just um, come up with the. Uh, what's happened in the old uh, Charlie murder case here. So we'll talk about that one later. Um, 
we just call the Bernie one double trouble, shall we? Because <laughs> it's like, why not? It's well, a, that's what the It's like the lowest the hanging magazine. fruit ever. <laughs> but double trouble it is. I couldn't think of anything else. Although, this, this new woman that's come in is called Fern. And a, a winter fern is a thing. So maybe if that was a little bit better known, then it could have been called Winter Fun. But never mind, double trouble it is. We are back with Reed in the Red later, and Stephen's getting his feet right under that desk at Underworld this week. Um, a bit of summer secrets. <laughs> Sorry about that one. What a dilemma, Gemma, that Dylan and Sean are left in at the end of the week. He doesn't want to go back to London. He wants to stay in Weatherfield because all the cool people are here, like, um, like, like Liam Connor and Jake Windass and... Flipping Liam Brown. Why and wouldn't James. you want to stay? And James Bailey, of course, as well. Yes, Do you know what? A, what? I would have called this, and what? this is a shout out to anybody who listens to the last podcast on the left, which I don't think is anybody. But I don't approve. I don't approve of it. It's awful. I don't approve of left podcast. Last podcast awful. unless it's awful very people. sweary. Um, but that was a bit of a big deal. A big deal. <laughs> I don't get that, but I like it anyway. It's a it big good. deal, Dylan. Deal, deal, I get it. Deal, deal or no deal. <laughs> Speaking of big That's deal, that's a good one. We need to write these down for I know. future reference. Get, get him. Well, if he's staying, there could be a whole plethora of dill-related puns that are needed in the future. Well, speaking of dill and his size, it was quite interesting seeing that party in the bistro earlier today and all the different sizes of children that were around the table. Because you had Dylan that was towering over the rest of them. They, uh, I'm surprised. I don't think that um, that Jack was there today. They should have brought him in to say, no, no, Dylan is perfectly normal-sized teenager. Although I can't remember how old he's supposed to be. But all the kids on Coronation Street are friends because there are so few of them. And, um, well, they only had to hire one tutor for the day, so it's perfectly fine. Quite. And what would a week of Street Talk be without the latest update of the storyline of the year? Tile Street. Is the roof fixed yet? You have to wait until the end to find this out. So, I'm going to start off, I'm going to kick things off with the losing the virginity story, because I was quite taken by this. I thought it was quite fun. So, all starts off with Ardy going around Maria and Gary's flat to go and see Kelly. And he says, come out and have breakfast with me. Awesome. So they go to the cafe and Ardy is revising for his driver's test, which is coming up later this week. Um, and they're just kind of having nice supportive chats and stuff. Um, now, later on, there is... Um, they're, they're, in the, they're in the bistro? They're in the bistro later. And there's a drunk journalist there who is... Um, sound likely. No, not at all. I've heard of that sort of thing. <laughs> well, you're, you're, on a, you're on Coke this evening, aren't you? Just the drink, that is, of course. Um, and there's this... I'm trying to remember back to Monday, but she she's the one who's doing this competition, is she isn't she? She was seen fairly sloshed. I don't think she's drunk. Okay, she's just... I think um, she just talks slowly. Just a slow-talking journalist. Not drunk, I don't remember. But she's she's got this... Um, She's got this competition that rude. they're running to win a dream wedding in Mexico. Wow. Um, and Kelly picks up one of her leaflets and starts saying, well, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Going to get married in Mexico. Awesome stuff. And then this journal overhears them and says, you engaged then? Kelly says, yes, we are. Well, that's a bit weird, isn't it? That's like somebody going, oh, look at this competition to win a lifetime supply of cat food. And you're going, do you have a cat? And I'm going, No. <laughs> I don't have yes, a cat. Yes, I actually don't. Maybe I just enjoy no, I the just, taste of cat food. Maybe I just like selling cat food on eBay. Yes, good Think point. of that. Ever think of that? So, 
They're trying to, basically the, the, the gist of this story this week is they're pretending to be engaged so they can get a nice holiday abroad. That will never lead to any development in not. the romance of course department. Not. So they're going to enter this competition and there's Mary loads around. Oh, do come to Marion Norris later. Don't you worry. I haven't forgotten about Where's that. Where's the Star Trek, a Star Wars uniform? I know, I know. Um, anyway, there's going to be loads of rounds where they have to answer questions about each other. It's a Mr. and Mrs. competition. No, I was surprised not. we didn't get to see Colin Callan come back to Coronation Street this week, it's actually. It's not a Mr. and Mrs. Sad. competition. Sorry, a couples competition, isn't it? Because that's heteronormative. It? it is. Yeah, we're not allowed to call them Mr. and Mrs. competitions They're clearly anymore. Couples contest. Couples contest, yes. So, uh, Katie's filling out the form. What about people that are aromantic? Does no one care about that? Well, they might not want to win a wedding about... in Mexico. Uh, why not? Why, what if they want to get married for the benefits? Because we enjoy so many benefits, don't we, from being married. It's we great. Do, we do, yeah. Everybody <laughs> says, oh, she's your wife. When okay. I say, this is my podcasting partner. And they go, okay. oh, lovely. Aww. You do a podcast together and you're married. How, How sweet. cute. So, end of the episode. <laughs> Kelly's filling out our form. They're not doing a podcast, though, are they? No, no, not yet. Maybe that will come later. It will develop, I'm sure it will. There's a bright future ahead for them, I'm sure. So she says to Ardy, it'd be a laugh. We could get a free holiday out of this. And he's like, you know what? I haven't had a storyline in a little while. I'm game for anything. He's like, what? Do you think we're going to do a DVD special? Oh, yes, they could. Corey goes to Mexico. (laughs) I'd call it Corriba. (laughs) Look, guys. That's itself. Listen, you've got to do it now. (laughs) Wednesday. We've got done the marketing and everything. Now, I do love Dev. I'm a bit of a Dev fan, but um, I'm not happy with him and his stance towards Ardy and the beautiful, innocent, wonderful Kelly's relationship this week because he's not so happy to hear what? that um, he his his lovely son is going out with the local miscreant uh, on on Wednesday. Unacceptable. And, and Ardy says, "Look, we just I've just been a friend. She's had a tough year. She's been kicking people to death, and everyone's really <laughs> down on her about it. So I just need to get her through. Also, her parents are all dead. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that Rick, like Laura Imran? Someone's like, well. I've got three dads, so do you want one? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can have Paul. <laughs> oh, harsh. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want him? He's also, is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Kelly has signed up her and Addy for the couples quiz later in the episode, and he's she's like, come on, you can do it. He's a bit jing up for it, but he, he's on for it. They've got to do revision. And they do have to do a bit of revision. <laughs> Tell us old as time. This is like, how many times? I mean, it's not like it happens in Coronation Street. Every single year, maybe not every single decade, but I'm sure we Once have been treated a to many a, a scene of couples boning up on each other. Oh, really? Um, for, the, for their Mr. and Mrs. competition. It's fine, it's all, anything goes now. So, anyway, um, we, we, we will have to test each other on some of these questions later, by the way, because I have yeah. written them down. We need, to, we need to make sure that we would pass the well, Weatherfield we need, Cup. We, we need to tell everyone our answers just in case anyone's in a competition where they have to answer questions about their favourite podcast. I'm sure yep. that's a thing, isn't yep. it? Yep, yep. I don't know what they'd call Stay it. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he ends up putting his foot in it, does Ardy, by joking that the best day of Kelly's life was when she inherited a load of Wonga from her dad. And then he kind of thinks about it for a while and realises that he's saying that her best day was when her, she realised that her dad had been murdered and buried under the Weatherfield football grounds. Oh, the best day of your life was probably when your mum burned to death on a... <laughs> Staircase. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so he kind of excuses himself and leaves. Now, we missed the next bit because we had a bit of a to-do with our, our BT box on Wednesday watching it, didn't we? Uh, like, I'm glad we moved away from Virgin Media when we moved house. There's but no our good... BT TV box isn't the most reliable. There's no way to make 
any of this okay. I literally went to press the volume down button, I think, on the remote control yeah, when got we got to that break. And it ended fingers. up... I do have kind of big sausage And you also sit sometimes. on the remote control I all know, the time. And I accidentally changed the channel. To the, and it's like, no big deal. That's I'll just disaster. put it back on ITV. No. Oh, no, 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 no. The box is like saying, no, you're watching BBC4, whatever the next one is. And I was like, no, I want to watch ITV. Okay, you're not no. going to watch anything. And I couldn't get a picture. I couldn't do anything. I had to restart the whole box. So we missed the next five minutes of Coronation the Street. The TV so. thing was like so passive aggressive. Like, oh, you don't know what you want to watch. Well, how about you watch nothing? Yes. How do you like that? So then we had our dilemma of, do we just carry on picking up oh, Coronation Street five weeks uh, five weeks later, five minutes later? Or do we wait until nine o'clock? Well, we watched it. And we had yeah. to figure out what was going on. But... This- then we went back and filled it in. That was our Wednesday. Interesting Just stuff. to remind everybody, Why is this, this a long podcast, podcast has been 10 years in the making. Yeah, this is this is prime podcasting. Not just waffling. People like to know what goes on our lives, like when our BT box goes wrong. I'd still say choose BT over Virgin Media, but the, the box I'd is a bit dodgy. I'd say it's like uh, Sophie's Choice. Anyway, I'd say go Sky. They, uh, what we Sky? missed. Sky. I'm not paying seventy pound a month. I know that's the problem, but if you, what Dad says is, if you tell them that you're leaving, then they like that's, give it you for no, free. No, excuse or something. me, I told you that. Yeah, I know, but Dad, Dad does also. Oh, so it that. must be true if yes. Dad said it. So what we missed, but went, later went back to watch, is that they're bumping into each other in the street later, and Adi says, "Sorry for being a bit of a pillock. I'd be honoured to be your fake fiance, as it's the closest that I'd ever get to actually being engaged to someone as cool as you." Um, and amazing it's sweet it's lovely I like Kelly she talks about um, kind of happy family holidays and stuff when she was little and that being her her top moment by a lake somewhere or something and um, uh, this reminds me of the time that me and my my family went somewhere where you can easily access by bike and car yes and also great for shooting Lorraine Kelly in the arse Love it. Lake holidays are good for that. that. Anyway, she says, oh, I'm just a bit sad about when I think it now, but that was definitely my happiest time. Um, I'm pretty sad, short on happy memories, actually. I've only been in the programme four years and everything's been pretty rubbish. I've been, I've been, I've been imprisoned wrongfully, in inverted commas. I've been trapped in someone's basement. I've been living with Gary and Maria. Yeah. Terrible time. Uh, My, my step, my foster dad got crushed to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my evil foster mum mm-hmm. in a um, car innocent till proven guilty and hopefully in a couple of weeks no not proven guilty in a couple of weeks a innocent until proven innocent thanks to a handy flashback in a couple of weeks is what I predict I'm going to have one. a revelation <laughs> so Ardy says oh let's make some new happy memories and they certainly go and do that Grace. so they go back to number seven later and they're testing each other again um, Deb comes in and he's a bit of an ass again about her being there so the next question that comes up on the quiz is how many partners have you had? Like, I wouldn't I mind doing one... one of these Mr. and Mrs. quizzes with you, but that's a little bit intrusive, if I have to say so myself. I thought the youth these days called it, said, what's your body count? What's your body count? And Kelly says, well, one. can you count seven or not? <laughs> because I was One, there. but it wasn't me. Well, me once done it. It was it. definitely and Corey. And I was like, hang on, this sounds kinky. What happened? <laughs> anyway... They both admit that they both, neither of them have bonked anybody yet. Good, because they're like 12, so they should not have Are even 17, had any impure thoughts about anything. No. And uh, anyway, uh, Ardy says, I'd really like to and all. <laughs> and then he gets a bit embarrassed until she says, well, you know what? I fancy you too a little bit. You're pretty awesome. Let's have a shag about. And they have a kiss. Do and you fancy um, a storyline in nine months' time? Yeah, 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 maybe. So um, anyway, one thing leads to another. 
And um, the next scene, Kelly's doing up her blouse, oh, and we no, don't know what we that know means. What happened. On the sofa, of course. What? It does make me think, like, did they do it on the sofa, or did they just come downstairs afterwards? It's a bit risky to do it on the sofa. It's mega risky. You know, Devon Asher could have walked in at any moment. But anyway, I think the bedroom <laughs> doesn't have a set, so sofa it is. And um, it was sofa, so good for Ardy because <laughs> he, he's, like, really chuffed with himself, isn't he? I found this a very... Um, wholesome deflowering what? scene wholesome well it was just like usually in coronation street there's always like a bit embarrassing and everything and he was like people said that your first time is supposed to be a bit awkward and embarrassing but that was well good <laughs> and she's like yeah it was awesome wasn't it we're, we're both great at sex no. who'd have thought it no shut up please <laughs> it reminded me a bit of we're like gonna, i feel like we're gonna get arrested no it's fine we're just talking about a tv show i'm just uh, repeating what they said next um, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Tyrone and Maria because that's going on in um, ITV3 Coronation Street at the moment. And the one thing I really love about like young Tyrone, i.e. old Tyrone, early 2000s Tyrone, is just how cocky and confident he was with himself. When he when he first got Maria in the sack, he was walking around like he was six foot tall going, hey, I'm big man Tyrone, I've sex all the time. And it was kind of like this. It was quite... Quite cute, in a way. Weird. Anyway, just to um to make things not at all weird at the end of the episode, he, uh, he gives Kelly Sunita's engagement ring um, as, uh, to, to keep the ruse going. He's like, here you go. We got this off her crispy finger. <laughs> she didn't, but she I know wasn't she like... I know she didn't, but I didn't care. <laughs> like something off The Walking Dead at the end. We snapped uh, her finger off. Although we did watch that on The Walking Dead just the other yeah, day, didn't no, we? No, spoilers. Somebody got a, an engagement ring off a, off a zombie on The Walking Dead in an episode Don't call them the zombies. Other day. I call them zombies. So, um, Friday, and Ardy's there gearing himself up for his driving test later today. And that's a driving pun. That's huh? it, gearing, gearing himself up. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Ardy, uh, Asher, sorry, comes downstairs and is like, oh, you, you've been going through my room. Um, and he's like, no, but he obviously has because she's she's been keeping Sunita's engagement ring up there. Anyway, he gets some texts from Kelly arranging to meet up later for this couples quiz thing. And Kelly's there over at Gary's flat saying, I'm going to meet Ardy later and give her some moral support. So um, Gary's like saying, um, so uh, how's things going between you and uh, young Ardy then? She's like, fine. So she doesn't want to admit Reveal quite yet that um, they have taken things Why to another you? level. Um, it seems like, you know, some people on Coronation Street just like to share everything with each other. But uh, maybe not quite yet for Gary's not ready for that one yet. So um, she puts the this engagement ring on around her neck and a necklacey thing. And off she pops to the Chariot Square Hotel, the one and only venue for all manner of things in the whole of the town. My favourite thing Mr. to Mrs. do. Quiz, What's your favourite thing to do at the Chariot Square Hotel? Um, I Mine like is to get electrocuted to... from a radiator. That is a fun thing to do. I I can't even think. I like to I like to um spy on exes through through ferns. I like to eat pre-made scones for four. I, I like I, I hear the oysters are quite good. I like to hide behind the bar with a mobile phone and um, spy on Ray Crosby um, having shady dealings with counsellors. That's always good for a laugh. I like to ruin people's future football careers with dodgy dealings with my agent. I like to try and reinvigorate my sex life with my wife by pretending I'm going to a spa, but actually it's Chariot <laughs> Square with a sign covered up and it says spa. I like to hold press conferences. 
it's so, we could go it's on really versatile, <laughs> so versatile. do you remember that advert for uh, birds over potato waffles they're waffling versatile <laughs> yeah. they didn't even think of chariot square hotel they could have just done that well like 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 uh, waffles are square as well aren't yeah. they they could be the new sponsors of potato waffles honestly um okay we didn't even make that up that was all that was all ad lib <laughs> and there are probably many other things that chariot square is used for right and let us know yeah <laughs> what's your favorite use <laughs> The Chariot Square Hotel. I, I like to store a police station in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. That's enough of so, that. So, um, it's the couples quiz going on. Um, and it's one of these things where one of them has to have headphones on while the other one answers questions about them and then they take the headphones off. We, we know how Mr. and Mrs. Couples work because we watched Coronation Street before. Um, and um, It's not Mr. and Mrs. Basically. It could be Mr. and Ms. It could be. Or it Mr. could be Ms. and Ms. It could Mr. be... Mr. And, and, and It could mix. be Sir and Lady. Mix and Mix. It could be anything. Queen and Queen. Yep, it absolutely could. Um, anyway, turns out that... Um, They've not done so well. There's what? a question about how many kids um, Ardy thinks that Kelly wants. And she said two. No, he I said two. I always say it's lady's choice. Ardy says, I reckon she'd want two little sprogglings. And Kelly's like, no way, I don't want kids. Fostering's quite no good way. though. No way, I don't want kids. I saw a YouTube video about how you give birth and I will never ever do it to so, myself. <laughs> I've watched episode one of House of the Dragon. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Ooh, that's good, isn't it? I've Everybody. been on mum's net. I'm Anybody not else gonna watch that baby. this week? Um, anyway, this all causes a little bit of tension <laughs> between them and the journos they like going, come on, it's just supposed the to be a laugh. The just being a right smug arsehole. She's like, usually when people get, get engaged, they have discussions about this now. What are She's you? not wrong. She's not wrong. Mm. Um, but she was speaking very slowly in today's episode, wasn't she? I don't think she was drunk with the quiz. Anyway, final scores come in and yes, they've done pretty rubbish. So I don't think there's going to be any... Um, uh, upcoming nuptials in Mexico for this pair. Oh well. Um, Ardy though stands up and he does an old, uh, a good old speech no, about on. how awesome Kelly is. He does a speech about how great Kelly is, and then the the journalist says, "Oh, it looks like you're still in the running here." Oh, did she? Yeah, because I she's like, that. you know what? This quiz is a sham. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she said, "Oh, our readers are gonna love this, aren't they?" Yes, our readers will love this video. Yes, they are filming the whole thing. It's probably Max. He's probably involved in it. What like... you want me to write an article? Let me get my camera out. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking at that website again in the underworld. This Sarah's just like, I just can't help looking at my website. It's so oh amazing. Oh my god, Sarah! But we did get to see the website, didn't we? And it's it's running a video. Um, I love it. Who doesn't love it when you go to a website and it immediately begins to run a video with audio? I just want to find the postcode so I can get there. I thought we got rid of this when we when we ditched GeoCities. I thought we got rid of it at least when we got rid of Flash. (laughs) Anyway, um, how do they? Yeah, they they go back home. They go. Can't wait to see Max's tribute site to Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) What's his hit count? They get back to. Let me sign the guest book. I love this black. Don't forget the flame gift. I love this black background with white text. It's we're, really easy on the eyes. I think we're alienating our younger listeners. Oh, yeah, this Sorry, kids, this is what the internet used to be like. It was so much fun in the olden days. <laughs> anyway, um, they get back to Coronation Street just in time for Ardy to go off to his driving test with his instructor, who looks like that one off steps, I thought. Yeah. Steps keep appearing in my Facebook timeline this week. They've got a new album out or oh, something. What's it called? It's the Platinum Collection. It's the second best of of Steps. I wish the Spice Girls would do this. Well, um, you can download it. Sally Matthews is probably loving it because she's a big Steps fan. 
tragedy. Living is gone and you can't go on. It's that pretty well. I was watching the other day that had tragedy on. I don't know. Move on. Um, anyway, David, he goes off to his driving test. And does he, um, does meanwhile, he, he did. Tell me later. I'll tell you later because Asher sees R. Kelly's engagement ring. And she's like, what's that going on with that then? And I've not seen you she wear says, that before. I like that ring. It reminds me of my mum's ring. And Kelly's like, well, guess what? It's my mum's ring. Actually, my mum's ring. I prized it off of her cold, dead fingers when yeah. I was crawling over her. If you snap it backwards, it comes right off. Yeah. Um, Asher seems suspicious of this because it's clearly her mum's ring. So, later on, and Hardy comes home. And he... <laughs> what can we say? It was a Coronation Street driving test. So there's only one way to play this scene, apparently, isn't there? I I want to be a, I want to be the Coronation Street writer that does a driving test reveal in a different way. Somebody just comes home and says, "I passed," or maybe I no, failed, and they, they actually failed. failed. And everyone's like, "No way, you we passed." No, I failed. No, what? You this know is what? a fake out. No, it's this, not. This just goes to show how great an actor Adam Hussein is because when he says <laughs> that he didn't pass his driving test, I was like, oh. maybe he really didn't pass his driving test. But then he does it. Yeah, you got me. It's a classic Cory fake out. It's been a while since we've had one, but um, they never grow old. Wow. Anyway, Deb's pleased because he's bought him a car just in case. What? Can I just say... Again, I love the way that Coronation Street depicts the hard scrabble lives of the working class in the north. <laughs> I know. He is Dev. He is uh, he is the the business. It's like I just I just sold a corner shop. Here you go. Here's a car. Yeah. Uh, where are we going to park it? Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um. Anyway. Um. Oh, this is another thing. I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of all things this week. You know, we had the bins storyline in Coronation Street a couple of months ago, and they decided to put their bins outside the front of the houses for a bit, and I said they're always at the back. Yeah. On classic Coronation Street this week, they're also talking about their bins, and they're all down the side of the Rovers. Curly, oh, what Curly's, No, not idea. Curly. Somebody's moaning to Curly, the councillor, about having to put their bins but there. But surely that's where the barrels get delivered. That is where the Newton and Ridley's lorry go. Very true. Anyway, uh, I'm going way off track quite a lot today. Um, that's all right. We don't have much to do today. No. So, we're going to have... Somebody's going to ring this doorbell at some point during this recording as well, so I'll warn you in advance, everybody, if we're expecting something to come... Somebody to come round. Um, anyway, he's passed, hurrah, and he's got a car. Um, Asher wants to talk to Ardy on the way out about his dodgy mate Kelly, but he'd rather see this lovely blue car uh, that he's been gifted. I like the way you, you made a note specifically to remind everybody what the thing I care was. about about cars. What, what colour is, is it? it? It's blue. What type of car was it? What brand was it? No, that's not the word, is it? <laughs> Do you say make? Make. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's a, a lovely light blue car. Little car. I thought it looked quite nice. I don't I, know. I approved of the colour. Um, All I, I know what is what a Tesla is. Because I point at them. Yes, you do. Um, anyway, Dev warns him, be careful, don't, don't crash, crash this car. Don't crash car, please. And he's like, I'm going to find Dad, you don't do worry. anything, don't so, crash it. Asher comes out then and um, and says, look, before you go, I just need to tell you, your Kelly is wearing Sunita's ring. What's going on with that then? No, she accuses her of stealing it. Yeah, yeah, because, exactly. Because he she's was been like, rifling oh, no. through my knicker drawer. Yeah, I, I didn't give it to her. And he, she's like, well, in that case. Yeah. And Ardy has to admit then that they got engaged. And she's like, what are you, you talking about? Idiot. You're nuts. And he says, well, you know, maybe I love her. But don't worry about it. It's just a prank. It's just for the lols. It doesn't mean anything. But what oh, do you no. know? Oops, Kelly's listening. Who could have foreseen that somebody talking about somebody else... That literally never happens in Coronation Street. Nobody ever listens in to people walking, uh, to talking about them. But Kelly did. And um, she throws the ring on the floor. 
And then the twins go running after it. And while they're distracted, Kelly hops in the car and speeds off. But she hadn't even got a license. Well, she says, I'm going to steal something worth stealing, doesn't she? She's like, yes. well, if you think that's bad, you wait. Car. I can remember, like... <sighs> I, I, what? If I... Has Kelly had driving lessons? Because I'm thinking, if I'd never had driving lessons, I'd probably really struggle to steal a car. She's good at gears, isn't she? Maybe she plays Need for Speed or something. Oh, we could, we could have called this storyline Cardi. <laughs> so many. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it's just um, hardwired into the youths of today. I don't know. Anyway, off she goes. Probably something to do with iPhones. And um, Ardy sets off in hot pursuit on Asher's bike <laughs> that she rode when she was 11 and then a little, a little pink princess. princess bike with uh, with uh, what is streamers it? streamers going off the handlebars now here's a behind the scenes Coronation Street secret although it's not much of a secret if you looked on our Twitter feed this evening or been on the Coronation Street tour but there's a little bit down the side isn't there if you go under the Rosamond Street arch and turn I need left need pick up point Yes. You go down the Rosamond Street arch and turn left. There's a load of junk, basically, isn't there? Including a bike shed that's got all the curry bikes. And so when we were there last week, we saw this bike. Little did we know that we'd be seeing it again so soon. Also, um, Joe McIntyre's grave is there. What? All the curry bikes. <laughs> like Maria. <laughs> yeah. So she hangs out. Grace. Um, anyway, so he's going off on a bike. He's driving by a lake or something. We get some nice little uh, location shoots out in the country somewhere. And uh, he phones Kelly and leaves her a message on her phone saying, I'm really sorry. I love you. I do want to go through with this, actually. You're quite lovely. Um, and then he gets to a car park and sees the car. And I was at this point thinking, have I missed something here? How on earth did he know where she'd gone off to? But it does get explained. Excuse me. It does get explained later, doesn't it? They say um, this is apparently the place that she told him was her most happy memory place. I think I think this was maybe the place that Rick and Laurie used to take on holiday. I don't know. But anyway, he turns up there, finds the car, crashed into a bollard. Oops. I know. And uh, Kelly turns up behind him. She's like, oh, I've heard the message. You love me. Yes, he does. He does indeed. So they're going to have a nice chat by the lakeside. Um, he says, look, honestly, I think you're brill. And um, I'm in awe of your awesomeness. <laughs> You're beautiful. You're way out of my league. And I don't even care that you've crashed my car. <laughs> I can't remember what exactly he said. He's like, maybe I'm slightly perturbed or slightly slightly unnerved by what my dad's going to say when I come back. But you know what? I'm back with you now. And that's the most important thing. Um, she says, yeah, I just freaked out because I've had so many people lie to me in the past. And when you were kind of, when it looked like you were lying about um, wanting to go through with this couples quiz thing, I had a bit of a freak out session. And he's like, no, honestly, I love you. You're top bird. You're a top bird, and uh, she says, "I might be falling for you too," and they have a kiss. A lot. And that's how you make a lovely romantic conversation in Coronation Street. I think the phrase "falling for you" is generally a code for yeah. this is a sweet romantic relationship. Just so you know, you need to be invested in this. It's not exactly the same as "I want to jump your bones," which no. is what Kevin used on Molly back in the day. So Gross. that kind of says what yeah. what, what level We're gearing this up relationship for a sordid is. Romance. I think you might be right. Yeah, this is like a love for the ages, everybody. Yes. Yes, it certainly is. So, Deb sees the car coming back. It's like put putting down the road with the number plates swinging off and smoke coming out from under the bonnet and stuff. And uh, he kind of rushes over to check whether Ardy's okay. And um, Kelly's like saying, it's my fault, I crashed the car. And Ardy says, no, I crashed the car. Twas trying me. to cover for it. Twas I. And then Kev says that you're a bad influence, Kev. Kelly. Not Kev. Dev. 
Kevin Kev, turns Kev up. Says to Delhi. And Asher backs up Kelly's story because before Ardy had gone off on the bike, he kind of said to her, Oh, I kind of I kind of do like Kelly actually. Um, and that's why I gave her the ring. Anyway, um Kelly uh So as far as Dev's concerned, Ardy crashed. Asher's stick, Asher sticking up for her brother and his new love. Yes, thank you. Very succinctly put there. So Later on in the episode, we get their final scene. They're having another sofa snogging session. Um, and then, very sweetly, he goes down on one knee to propose to her. For reals is. And she's like, yeah, all right then. I will. These gener- This generation of youth, man. Yeah. Will you marry me for realsies? He doesn't said it. No, I think he said for reals, didn't he? Said he said realsies. Did he? Well, I don't, he said for reals. I... Like, no matter what... <laughs> For real, it's very sweet. I mean, it's got it's kind of got disaster written all over it. No, you know they are very very newly in love. This is this is a kind of kind of like Nick and Leanne crossed with Seb and Nina crossed with Norris and Mary, like you said earlier. I was watching this getting absolute Nick and Leanne vibes. Now everybody said that would never last. You know, (laughs) twenty twenty five years later, they're back. They may have had a couple of bumps in the road. Maybe a few people had to die. Yeah. But now they're together and they couldn't be happier, probably. We haven't yeah. seen them. So, so 25 years time, Ardy and Kelly still together in Victoria with, Court. With you various children that they <laughs> they've acquired. acquainted with. <laughs> yeah, that may be related well, to one of them, possibly. Kelly did say she didn't want any kids, so... But she said she was up for fostering, didn't she? So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. She's like, I heard all the best characters on Coronation Street, foster kids, so... Yeah. And also, I've looked into this, and it seems like being a young mother is the best way to get yourself killed. So, you think I'm going to have <laughs> That's a That's probably why she said it. Like, she understands it I, now. I, I All the mums want, get killed I'm on Coronation Street. For the long haul, I'm not going to get myself up the duff. You must be joking. Yeah, it's like back in the olden days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Where you had a, you know, whatever yeah. the chances were of dying in childbirth and yeah. everything. It's like, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm not dicing with death here, I'm going to foster kids. Yeah. Look at Rita. Yeah, exactly. Rita's a foster mum. She's still in the program she's sixty years later. <laughs> it's very, and and uh, who else has been fostered? I mean, Emily, Emily lasted a long time, and she never had a baby, did she? Very true. Roy's done some fostering in the past, hasn't he? Yeah. He's still going. Don't ask about yeah, Haley. Roy's not a lady. I think He's it's not. basically the women. Yeah. Um. So you did say that this is quite like the Norris and Mary storyline, and at the beginning of the week. I was like, this is stupid. This is the Norris and Mary storyline. I can't believe you thought But that. the relationship kind of won me over. We'll come back to this later. So, and this was literally five years ago. I was expecting you to ask me a question about this on the quiz this week. Um, because was I it? saw... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw on Twitter, on uh, Cory P, you know, they tweet out um, this day out of yeah. years ago. Yeah. Sorry if I'm boring you. Um, no, I'm really... I'm sorry, guys. You might catchphrase be, time. You might be thrilled to hear <laughs> that I'm actually knackered. And uh, your temperature, darling? Oh, I'm a bit warm. A bit, a bit warm and tired today, is Gemma. Um, anyway. I've had two ciders. So five years ago, um, Norris and Mary had that, I'm sorry, utterly ridiculous story wrong. where they tried to win a round-the-world trip so that she could track down her um, errant son, Jude. And how did that work out? Not so well for them. Um, but I but thought he's, that now he's a doctor of fish. So. He's a he's a fish doctor, um, <laughs> in Blackpool apparently. No, um, so I thought this is very similar to that. Uh, it's a bit rubbish, but yeah, definitely as the week went on, I was like, oh, they are flipping nice together, though, aren't they? Do They're you... really cute. <laughs> they are dead cute. 
And it's like... And how, so we like... Well, I mean, Kelly's a murderer, so... We, 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 we admire Millie Gibson's acting ability. I would be careful if I was Ardy. Why? Talk back to her. She'll like have it on the ground. It's like, oh, I don't want to get my trainer's day, but you know what? You force me into it. <laughs> no, I, they're, just, they're just lovely because it's especially him. Like, Ardy, isn't he the most gentle, nice, <laughs> can I normal chap on the street you can't accuse somebody of he just feels like being normal he just feels like a dead real and he's not like oh i'm a teenager therefore i'm going to be difficult and angry and i'm going to cause difficulties for my parents and everything he's He's just a nice guy he's not trying to be cool he's like goofily naive and 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 just absolutely lovable so i don't blame kelly to be honest it's quite fun to watch these um these teens sort of bumble their way around yeah. trying to yeah. grow up. Yeah, I mean it, it It has happened a little bit quickly, hasn't it? Like that they've been they've been in each other's, um, not pants yet, as, oh, until Wednesday in each other's zones of friendship for a couple of months now. Um, yeah. They maybe could have done with dragging this, sto- not dragging What's the word? Just, you know, extending, elongating the build-up to this a little bit more. Because I think what we're supposed to be feeling at the moment is, yes, absolutely, get them down the aisle right now. They're a wonderful couple. And I'm half thinking that, but I'm half thinking they've literally only just decided they've got feelings for each other. I liked it when Gary and Dev were discussing in the street about the fact that the car had been smashed up. And I was thinking, <laughs> are you guys going to be indoors? That would be really funny. Like, oh, can you yeah. imagine having, like, I don't know, New Year's Eve and they're all having a party together or something. And Yeah, Gary and, Gary and Dev. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, no, I, 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 think that, I think they're lovely. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend... To any seventeen-year-old listeners um, of the podcast, to get engaged to your girlfriend that you've only no, just do got, it. Why not? Just keep into. the receipt. But why not? Oh, it's happening again. Um, anyway, um, so it, it's it's lovely, but um, I think it's, it maybe maybe doomed. But I hope not. I hope that I hope that in the future we will get to see them have a normal, lovely relationship together. But that isn't generally the way that coronation tree goes at the moment. Um, I thought that. I also, the other, it was also kind of sweet in a way when they kind of admitted to each other that they'd not had sex before. And this has been a thing with Ardy for a few years, hasn't it? Because when, when, um, when Asha was dropping her drawers or left, right and sundry a couple of years ago, she was, wasn't wasn't she like teasing Ardy a little bit? And he was trying to say, oh no, you know, I have done it or or whatever. And I would be careful of Vyas Ardy because... Kelly's got form. She's probably filmed it and sent it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'd also be careful because if you use that condom that you've had in your wallet since year eight, I don't think it's it's still good. People in different countries probably don't know what year eight is. Year eight is what he would have been in about four or five years ago. Yeah. So um, I hope he had a fresh one anyway. That's all I'm saying. Um I don't think this is going to get into a situation where I don't think it's going to be into a situation where Kelly gets pregnant. Like that would just ruin this whole thing. She doesn't want two children. She definitely will be pregnant then. Yeah. 
Um, I, I would hope that the fact she doesn't want any children makes me think that she will uh, have been Should extra cautious. What's Dev going to say when he finds out that Adi and Kelly are uh, are together? Well, I don't know, because um, maybe the thing is, right, if, if Adi was dating a boy, then he'd be really supportive. Yeah, hey, you're my man. Yes, we're gonna watch Brokeback Mountain together. <laughs> yeah, yes. totally would. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. um, <laughs> because she's a guy. He's like, oh, this is so predictable, Adi. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like Kelly, does he? And it seems like I don't think they really needed to have him take against Kelly just to add a little bit more bumpiness well, in the road. We're not. That's what? drama. Yeah, I know. Don't you like drama just, in, your, the, in your coronation all, We've already street. got that with Stu at the moment, with the whole street going against him. I don't necessarily need Dev to, to hate Kelly as well. I'd rather he was supportive um, because he is a lovely dad. And he called Ardy Honey again today, by the way. I just Love it. That was lovely. Um, what else was there this week in this storyline? Nice. Did anybody notice the tram going above the viaduct? They snuck it in there. Nice bit of CGI. This was good. And I also appreciated that we had Asha back on the street this week. It's been... A long time, it feels like, since we've seen her. And what a beautiful ponytail she has. She did, she did. Um, I think, I guess it's going to be a case of her keeping the secret with Ardy. Or were they just going to go public with the with the engagement? Well, if they want to win this competition, they've got to move with it, haven't they? I guess so. I mean, surely everyone will be thrilled with the idea that... These two kids, if they're going to get married and nobody wants them to, at least they don't have to pay for it if they win a competition. Mm. I think um, it feels like Ardy is so like on cloud nine at the moment. <laughs> he just wants to be singing it from the rooftops. I'm getting married to Kelly Nealon. She's yeah. got a duffel bag of cash. But anyway, very, very that. cute. Um, do you want left? to have a little game of um, couples quiz with me as, as we've got some of the questions Yeah, go here. on then. Um, okay, then uh, Gemma. Yes. Have I got to ask you about you or about me? Who would play me in a movie of me? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Uh, yes. Probably. Everyone always says that about you. Your mum. Your mum says that I look like Ben Stiller. What's the other one? Very complimentary. Adam Sandler. Yeah. I've had as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't don't think. What do you? What about nice. me? Angelina Jolie. Uh, Mrs. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you would say. I'm just saying what you would say. <laughs> Um, who's, Gemma, your, who's, who's, who's your secret crush? Who's my secret crush? No, you're supposed to tell me who my secret crush is. Oh, um, Sporty Spice. I don't think I have a secret crush. I don't, don't think either of us have got secret crushes on anyone. No. They're very boring. I haven't got time for all that fancy stuff. No, fancy. I can't be bothered. Um, well, heels or trainers, Gemma? Um, for you, heels. For me, trainers. <laughs> what about, those, what about platform trainers? Like Sports Spice Girls. 90s, Spice Girls, cheers. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, who, who's your favourite artist? And I can't remember because no. I missed it. Is it was, was it musical artist or painting it's artist? painting artist. Yours is that guy that did the scream. What's his name? Edward Munch. <laughs> I don't know who did the scream. You know the one. I know. I know what the scream is. I don't know who did it. Um, um, yours is that one who's done the picture of the Queen that we've got in Yeah, in it study. is. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, there we go. There's storm in this. Yeah. Um, let's just do a few more because I think people probably These want us bo- to talk boring, about Coronation Streets. Um, how many kids do you want? <laughs> how many kids do I want? You don't want any. <laughs> I don't want kids. I want grandkids. Yes. That, no, I'm supposed to say that. I want four grandkids. Last question, Gemma. Yes. Favourite crisp. Ardy should yours have said posh is, crisps. Yours is... Yeah, no. My favourite crisp. Oh, yeah, you, you like... Um, 
Yours is you like meaty crisps, don't you? Minty crisps. No, meaty crisps. Mm. You like smoky bacon. No, I hate Not smoky, smoky bacon. bacon. What's the brown one? like fuck. Roast beef. No. Yes, you do. No. What's your favourite crisps? Like? I am I am a classic bird. Ready salted? Yeah. Can't what, go wrong with a classic. Like cheese and onion. No, I hate cheese and oh, onion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Red, uh, salt Ready and to, vinegar. Um, salt and vinegar. And vinegar Sorry. This is, I always but get this, I always have this trouble when I'm in this shop and I'm always like, does Michael hate cheese and onion or does he I love really cheese and onion? I really do not enjoy cheese and onion crisps. <laughs> but do you like, My dad likes cheese and onion crisps. Can I just ask crisps. you, do you like sour onion and... I do like the green Pringles. Green Pringles, classic. They're very, very different. Um, anyway, I think we did slightly better than Ardy and Kelly, but um, we have been we going out for slightly longer than them. Do we win a trip? We get a, a win trip. a trip to Mexico. By, I, there you go. I think we've proven Ardy's point there that just because you don't know all the answers in a couple's quiz does not mean... I don't think I could stand up and do an off-the-cuff speech about how lovely you are. I definitely could... Oh, okay. You could about me. And I could stand up and go... No, not, no, I could stand up and go, this quiz is a load of old crap, I'm leaving. Which is basically what yeah. he did. Right, it's time to move on. Stupid friend. Correct. We we will pay you two hundred fifty pounds for a Nine video of, of Stu murdering a woman. Right, go. Yasmin I've got cup of tea. is dismissive of Alia on Monday when she says that she and Sudan are picking up Stu's case files today to uncover the truth behind the rumor that he might have killed a girl. Sudan doesn't care because they're doing the right thing. They go through the notes in Adam's in Adam's room. It makes it sound like he's like. It makes it sound like they're sitting on the floor and Adam's on his bed, like sit like lying on his on his stomach, like with his like uh, dangling his legs, writing in his diary <laughs> with like a big fluffy pink pen, going, "Are you guys alright down there?" Yes, Adam, we're fine. Mm. They're going through it in the solicitor's office, I yes. assume. But wait a minute, there are interview tapes, and they play a little. Excerpt, excerpt of um, Stu sounding suspiciously like he does exactly now, yet 27 years in the past. Hasn't changed a bit. No. I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, uh, they think he sounds very matter-of-fact about it, like he's very blasé. doesn't sound like he's been coerced at all. Adam says, look at the t- actually, look at the times on this. It's um, He was being interviewed for over 10 hours. That was like me and Charlie DeMello a few months ago. <laughs> By the end of it, you're like, Charlie, who, do, who have you killed? He's like, oh, whatever, everyone. Um, this, this reminds me of Making a Murderer, if you guys have watched that Netflix documentary where they, uh, was it, who's his, what was the kid's name? I don't know. Brendan, I can't remember, but they basically um, interviewed this, this kid for a very long time and he really didn't know what was going on. But I still think that Stephen did it. <laughs> um, he's quite worried by this point and there's a tape missing. And this also reminds me of, uh, we mentioned um, in our podcast about the podcast, about Serial, the podcast, mm. about Adnan and about Jay. See, everyone reckons that Jay was lying, but he also was interrogated, and there also were bits missing, and there also were bits where they reckon that he, they coached him for what to say about where the car was. You know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't. I'll tell you who would be all over this, filled with two L's. He'd be like, I'm going to do a podcast about this. Yeah. So, they see Kelly outside and tell her that she might be right about the confession, and Kelly doesn't care. No, because Stu was mean to her a few weeks ago. She is definitely a teenage girl. 
Yasmin's unsurprisingly miffed when she finds out they've been looking through the files and they try to persuade her that Stu could be innocent and that she should go and talk to him. But Ollie goes and visits Stu by herself and he's very pleased to hear that they've got the case files and says he wasn't allowed to leave until he confessed and he couldn't even use the toilet. This is when you go and stand in the corner and make eye contact with the policeman and just wet your pants on the floor as he's watching you. Mm. And be like, how about that? How about that, buster? Anyway, he says he kept falling asleep. Um, she says that the penultimate tape is missing. And did they tell you and coach you what to say? And he says, yeah, that's right. Then Yasmin turns up. Yasmin does not make it easy for Stu. And she starts shaming him about having an affair. And says... Um, he talk, oh, he's, he's talking like, about... He's, he's talking he's, about... Like many weeks after it probably would have been a good idea to have told everybody the story, he opens up about what happened the last time. Bless you. Sorry. That he saw Charlie, doesn't he? This is this confuses me because they're talking about an affair. They keep saying, Oh, Stu had an affair and they keep saying about this policeman having an affair. This lady, who was she married to? We will look look look, we will come back to this theory. I think I know exactly what's happened. Your questions will all be answered later on. Oh, I can't wait. So she's like, oh, you, you had an affair. And he says, last time I saw her, I walked home. The next day she was dead. And the police turned up, arrested me. Couldn't convince anybody I was having an affair to explain what the DNA. And Yasmin says, don't believe you're innocent. I haven't seen the, uh, what they're called, West Memphis 3. I don't know what you're talking about. There are so many. There are so many examples in true crime of this. This is kind just of all lost on me. Everybody who loves true crime, tell me I'm wrong. Talk right in. Let's discuss who done it. Who done it? Was it Stu? I reckon maybe it was. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> that would be a twist. That would be an awesome <laughs> twist. Um, Yasmin's like, look, I know, you, I know you did it. I don't believe you're innocent. I want you to be honest with me. I'm fed up with lies. This is what Jeff would have done. He would have killed a girl and told me he didn't. Um, he would have had a puppet go, you know, he didn't do it. That's right. That's right, puppet. It wasn't me. That's right, Jeff. You're the best man in the world. Um, you confessed to my face that you did do it because you were in prison and everybody knows you never go to prison unless you actually did do it. And he says, I didn't do it. And she leaves. And then he says, right, before you go, this is the name of my old solicitor. Please, can you ask him if I did do it? And he will say no. So back at B speed dial, Zidane and Alia talk to Yasmin um, about this lead. They go to the solicitor. Well, the solicitor comes to them. That was nice of him, wasn't it? He's like, sorry, I don't have my own set. So do you mind if I pop brown for a biscuit? <laughs> he says, look, I, I feel bad about the fact that I lost this case. I should have won because the confession was coerced and I put in a load of complaints about this guy, Lennox, who's right evil. He's rotten to the core. But I can't do anything about it now because I'm not specialising in, in law. I do mostly bird law. I can offer you advice, um, but I don't, I don't have, I'm not, I'm completely useless. So perhaps um, just a one-off episode, am I going to come back? No? Okay. Back at the, at home later, Alia tries again to get Yasmin to um, come round to what they're saying. And uh, Zidane's like, oh, Gran, he didn't do nothing in it. Wednesday. What a shocker. What a way to open this episode with... <laughs> Jeff Metcalf. That's right. We kind of had this spoiled for us a little bit by lateness, didn't we? Because we, um, we, we, we switched the TV on at like 30, no, sorry, about like one minute past eight. 
And we thought, oh, it's all right, we'll just rewind back to the beginning of the episode. We won't have missed much. And literally, the TV came on and Jeff was there Going, shouting into the screen. You was like, oh, it's Jeff. Cow. So it was still a really great surprise to see Jeff again. I 100% did not expect to see him on the show been. again. I think the surprise was better. I can't remember how... Did we see Yasmin sleeping and then see Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The episode starts with the camera zooming into Yasmin on the see, sofa. See, I think we got a better shock because we didn't get the, the set-up. I don't know. I think I would have I think preferred it it been... seeing it properly. No, I think it would have been more powerful if it just had Jeff and then we cut to Yasmin's face like we saw. Yeah. But probably they did it the other way around. Because what the dream was, was first, uh, stew first, isn't it, in the kitchen. Uh, and uh, and then she's like going, no, 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 you're evil. And then, I can't remember. Then he, like, oh, oh, then oh, he yeah. shoves a plate of chicken in his face, uh, in her face, doesn't she? Doesn't he? Sorry, in the dream. And then he turns into Jeff. And um, I can't even remember what Jeff is saying now. Probably calling a daft old cow. Oh yeah, he says that you're a gullible old fool for being with murderous Jew. Zidane shakes her awake and then Yasmin chats to them and says, don't know what I want to do. I had a dream. (laughs) I don't know anything. So he's undermined her again through through the power of dreams. Mm -hmm. So they look through the notes again and Ollie finds that there's, um, that the woman who died, Charlie, the cause of death was blunt, force trauma to the head so she must have been hit but where's the blood hmm? there's yeah there's no mention of any blood in the case notes or something did is Stu's there? trainers get stored incorrectly maybe we can only speculate at this point because it's 27 years later Roy comes into speed dial Yasmin is clearly still on edge and she drops a tray of glasses on the floor she tells him she's barely slept she's having nightmares about Jeff again and she tells him about Stu and how she would be a fool if she took him back and he turned out to be a nasty piece of work. I was kind of disappointed in Roy at this point because when she talked, when she dropped the tray of glasses on the floor, he didn't burst into spontaneous applause go, like they did Billy Ann the other week. So um, Roy's not proper British. No, he isn't. He must be foreign. Mm. So um, Roy says, look, Ollie and Zidane believe in Stu. Would they really put you in danger if they didn't believe he was a victim of miscarriage of justice? And then Adam asks Alia why she's so invested in Stu and she says that she's determined to prove to Yasmin that she, Yasmin, was right about Stu the first time to try to regain her confidence in herself. <sighs> um, hang on. Come on, yeah. keep going, keep going. Yasmin goes to see Stu in, in... No, she sees him leave prison. Yeah. Then she sees him in Victoria Gardens and she says, look, I do believe in you. I, I've spoken to your solicitor. He says that he's let you down. So um, she says that we all want to help you, but I don't, I can't really offer you anything more than friendship. She's like, I can clear your name, but I'm not going to shag you. <laughs> but I can employ you a good lawyer. We'll leave that to the young ones this week. Yeah. They go back to Speed Dial. Alia and Roy are happy to hear about um, the fact that they've stopped fannying about. Alia says that um, she knows a good sister who specialises in cold cases. And Yasmin says, I'll pay for it. It's the least I can do. Um, I'm getting rent from about five different people who are all living in various parts of my house, so I'm loaded. He says, sorry, I didn't say anything about it. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, how do you bring it up? I thought it'd be more juicy if I left it for a few uh, months. It's like, I've been doing a podcast for 10 years and I don't know how to bring it up now, so I'm not (laughs) going to say anything. He's, she says to him, um, you need to let your daughter know that you're going to challenge your conviction. So, he goes to see his daughter, Bridget, who is under house arrest for crimes against fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I 
A little girl answers the Those door. cowboy boots. This I didn't. The talk. I didn't notice this, but um, this this shocked me, and I know many others. Mm. Anyway, we'll get to it in a minute. What is there to say? She was wearing white cowboy boots. She can listen. No particular reason. Little girl answers the door. She calls for mum when he says it's Bridget in. Stu's taken aback because obviously now he's got a grandchild he never knew about. Bridget comes and, and closes the door on him. So he sits around outside until he eventually comes out wearing white plastic cowboy boots. She looks like Nancy Sinatra. I don't know what was going on here. She's been hanging around in her house wearing white cowboy boots all day long. Maybe she's a secret country and western singer. Maybe that's... See, there you go then. She, she's she got um, nothing to moan at him about. She should just be equally as ashamed of herself. <laughs> My daddy got done for murder. She's like, listen, you can't challenge Sent this. You're going to ruin... You're going to ruin my career. My mom's got a face that people want to slap. <laughs> I'm drowning in my tears. And so on. Very good. Well done. See, I, she... I, I could be a country How singer. is she going to be able to write beautiful music about her dad being... Not a murderer after all these years. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so he says, um, I'm trying to clear my name. I would, I never would have done such a thing. I just want to make things right. Now I, I, I can see I've got a granddaughter and she tells him that her name is Eliza. And he says, my only crime was having an affair. And why do they keep bringing this up? What, what are they talking about? I don't understand this. You can explain, explain later. Yeah, I okay. Explain exactly. It's getting annoying now. What happened? She's later. like, oh, God, you had. She's like, uh, you had an affair. Oh, I thought it was just a murder. <laughs> but she looks like she's maybe starting to believe him. But right on cue, up comes Lucy, evil ex-wife of grizzly faced. I no. actually, I actually thought. I mean, they, they've they've clearly made Lucy like mega hard, stony faced, haven't they? She's like a real kind of. Tough nut, but actually, I thought the actress was really, really good yeah. with, the, with those lines that she delivered. Like, it's right. like, God, I really hate her. You're doing a really good job. So she has a word with him. She has a go at him. He fights back and says, "You need to stop interfering. Let Bridget decide about me by herself." And she says, "No, I'm not going." No, she says, "Drop, drop this raking up the past and trying to clear your name stuff, and I'll leave you and Bridget to get reacquainted." But at the end of the episode, <laughs> that sounds a bit, a bit dodgy. It does a bit. At the end of the episode, Stu moves back in with Yasmin. Um, everybody on the street is like, I hate you. This is like the beginning, this is like the montage beginning of Beauty and the Beast where we all talk about you and say you're awful behind your back. But to your face. And um, they're all mad and he says, I didn't do it. Again. On Friday, Stu stops Kelly in the street to say, I'm, go- I'm out on licence and she doesn't care. <sighs> Come on, Gemma, you can do this. She then, um, she's, because she's beautiful and also saintly and kind, like a cross between Mother Teresa and Princess Diana. And let's be honest, she could be a reincarnation of both of them. And Jet from Gladiators. Yeah. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I think I've just discovered my secret crush. (laughs) 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 She was the first person that sprang to mind. (laughs) Princess Diana and Mother Teresa's inside a gladiator called Jet. Right. Come on, guys. You know what I'm saying. Okay. So, um... Oh, that, sh- <laughs> that shook me to the core. Um, she says, all right, okay, I'll listen to you, but... She could play you in a film about your life, Jet. Who could? Jet from Gladiators. <laughs> you can do that thing where I you just, like, do a scissor flip. I can't visualise her. I just keep seeing a Lucy Lawless who was, um... 
Xena Warrior Princess. This is not. She doesn't look like Lucy Lawrence, no. Okay. Um, he's like, I can't hide away. I've got to get on with my life. Didn't do it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Stu then... Um, I don't know what this means. He does cooking. Oh. oh, he cooks. And also, there's civil unrest. I don't know what jaw is. Um, no, More no, no. civil unrest. More. Dev, Elaine and Tim. Or... You always make a point of when I say it, but I can't understand what jaw civil unrest is. <laughs> Elaine, Tim and Dev are all getting mad about Stu and then Kelly rushes over to defend him and Stu says, Yasmin believes in me. Elaine says, that's a load of crap. I'm going to talk to her. Elaine and Tim go to speed dog to have a go at Yasmin. Yasmin says, not listening to you. I believe he's innocent. And if you can't support me, shut up and go away. Stu makes dinner. Everyone is not helping him. Well, the they're door. trying to help him, but he's like, no, I'm going to be the one that does the tea, the tea I tonight. know how to cut an onion, you bunch of assholes. <laughs> I'll even answer the door at the same time, like... I can do everything all at once. There's a knock at the door, it's a parcel for Bernie, but Bernie, you'll never believe this, doesn't take this well. She doesn't understand that this is a benevolent act of kindness that he didn't have to do. <laughs> and she's not grateful when he gives her her parcel... And then over dinner, he says, I'll leave if you don't, if, if everyone's going to be like this about it. And Yasmin says, no, it's for the drama. <laughs> She's like, no, you have to establish that you didn't do it. Because if people accepted you, then it would mean that you were really a murderer. But because everyone hates you, it's like a baptism of fire. Yes. Right. That's what happened in this story this week, Gemma. Here's what happened in the past. And... I don't, it seems like so. Can I ask you, is what? this a theory or is this what is true? A theory. We don't know what's true yet. And I honestly, <laughs> this is a this is a story that we know nothing about, isn't it? We know well, little bits about what's going to happen in other ones. Bridget, so far, that's the murdered girl, right? No, Charlie is the murdered Charlie's, girl. Charlie's the mother of Bridget. Who's Lucy? No. Who's Lucy right. Lawrence? Okay, these are the characters in this story, Jemmy. Did a very good job of synopsizing. Let me. I explain. just read. I just read Stu, what you said was married to Lucy. Yeah. They had a daughter called Bridget. He shagged Bridget? No, that's his daughter. Carry on. Listen, Charlie was the person who what he was having a secret affair with behind Lucy's back. Lucy's his wife. Yes. Charlie ended up dead. Lennox right. is the copper what interviewed him for 10 hours straight mm. and coerced him into saying that he did it. Mm. These are the only characters no. that are involved. Yeah. So, one of them must have done it. Yeah, I know that. So, yeah. what has happened, yeah. uh, and this is what somebody on Facebook brought up the other day, I'm going to say John, but it might not have been, is that obviously it was Lucy who did it. Because, well, it's not going to be Bridget, is it? So it's either going to be Lucy or um, Lennox. Now, Lucy seemed to be... Um, very, very keen for Stu not to go raking up the past. Why would she be keen? Well, she says it's because she doesn't want Bridget to get uh, have it all dragged up again. But really, why Lucy doesn't want Stu to rake up the past is because he might well find that she was the one that did Charlie in. Why would she kill Charlie? Well, she discovered that Charlie was having it off with her husband, Stu. Yeah? DS Lennox, meanwhile, was secretly knocking off Lucy... That's the affair that he was having, which got kicked him off the force. Okay. That makes sense? <sighs> yeah. You like a good murder mystery? I've just solved it for you. What about Eliza? Could it have been her? 
No. <laughs> oh, you should have been really impressed with this. I know this. I look. I put. I've put this together myself. I just didn't understand why everyone was having an affair with everybody and why anybody cared. Twenty-seven years ago, was it really big news? Uh, I, there wasn't that much on telly. Of course, everyone was having affairs. Either Lucy was the one that did it, or Lennox was the one that yeah, did it. Yeah, I said Either this way, before. Lucy was the one who Lennox was having an affair with. Okay, got to it. Thank you. Solved it. Now Next. I'm a bit sad about it. What else crime do you want us to solve? Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, to ask, ask us anything. I did get a bit of help on Facebook. I kind of hope that this isn't what happened because I've got a feeling that this story's going to run for a little while. And if in about three months' time, whatever it is, they unveil grandly that that's exactly what it was, I'll be like, oh yeah, we figured that out three months ago. But that's the problem with... Um, you know, social media and discussing things and, and theories and everything. Somebody's going to pick, come to the right conclusion, aren't they? But, you know, it's, it's the same with Game of Thrones, with Lost and everything. Somebody is going to guess what happens. And then when you read that, you think, oh, it's kind of spoiled it for myself now. <laughs> so I hope that's not what it is. But it certainly seems that it could be going that way. That is what I think. Yep. Um, Do you want to know who else? killed the princess in the tower? It's her uncle, Polly. Probably was. Um, so I'm guessing... Um, I think Stu... Uh, Stu's, Stu's not going to want to delve into his past anymore, probably because he wants to get back with Bridget. I think Bridget seems like she probably could be won over. Because I'm she... over Bridget. She's got such bad fashion sense. I think <laughs> she should have been killed as well. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Charlie was really bad dresser and mm. Lucy killed her and now she's turned up at the car and that's why she was annoyed she not only to see Stu she's like why are you wearing plastic cardboard boots white ones outside nobody wears white plastic boots and the next thing you know Bridget's dead mm-hmm. there we go you solved it my, my theory is completely wrong um, I thought that the other thing I thought about this one this week was it was a bit weird how quickly Yasmin changed her mind from like beginning of Wednesday's episode, she was having nightmares about this bloke. In fact, about five scenes towards the end of Wednesday's episode, she was still saying that she doesn't trust him. He's the new Jeff. I want him out of my life. And by the end of it, she was defending him loudly in the street. So that was a little well, bit Well, considering odd. we've had about three weeks of her shrieking at him every five minutes, we could have had, you know, a week of her shrieking, a week of her going, maybe I've been... A horrible bitch. And then a week of her going, actually, no, I was wrong. Although I suppose it was the same with Alia as well, wasn't it? When she came back, she was distrusting of him. And then Zan like was like, no, he's maybe innocent. And then from that point onwards, Alia was on his side. So I don't know. Why um, does Zan get to be the one who's right as well, I want to know? Yeah. He can't even smile smugly because I don't think he knows how to smile. I think he can smirk. Do you reckon? Yeah. Um, I just hope that Yasmin doesn't change her mind now. If they dare have a scene, like next week or two weeks' time, where she starts to have doubts about Stu, kicks him out of the house, I will not oh, wow. be pleased about that. That's very bad. We've that. seen that before. Let's have her sticking to his side. And actually, I think that this could be quite a nice way of getting a bit more oomph into Yasmin's character. Um, and to see her kind of have something to fight for and to champion, that's a little bit more like the Yasmin of the past, isn't it? Where she's not just cowering in a corner somewhere. Um, so You wait till she I've, finds out that Lucy burned down her library. I'm, I'm more positive now that this, this could be going in, in more interesting ways. I'm really annoyed at how much of a character assassination this story has been for Yasmin. Um, I've seen so many comments of people saying, oh, I hate Yasmin now. I really don't understand why she's been so mean. Yada, yada, yada. 
goes to show you how easily you know people can be turned off of a character. Well, yeah, exactly. When I mean, we've seen it, with even uh, even I was Abby. getting a bit fed up with her. To be honest, oh, I was as well. Even well, we've said before, like even though it's very understandable why her character's like this, and it makes complete sense that after the horrific time she went through with Jeff and everything, that she's not just going to be like back to normal suddenly yeah. I saw a clip of her from about five years ago the other day I can't remember what, what it was on and she was really like a completely different character she was you remember when she had like shoulder length hair she had a bit of a, a bit of a bob when she came into hair. it yeah I know and she just like oozed confidence and it's like she was a totally different person back then and I really really hope that she can go back to being that person again because there's she's just great. she's just a shell of her former self, and yes, Jeff has done that to her, but I, I don't want the character to be completely, you know, thrown in front of a bus for good. Let's scrape her up, puff her up again, and um, make her a character that I can really, really, really love again. We'll know that when she's back to normal, when she gets a scarf over her shoulder. Exactly. exactly. I used to really love it when she wore those uh, scarves. Yeah. Right. Double trouble, Gemma. Bernie's storyline. So. She's got no cash this week, so she wants um, an extra job from Deb. This is on Wednesday's episode. Have you got any extra shifts going at the uh, the shop? No, he doesn't. Rotors have already been made up for the next four weeks. Um, Evelyn even thinks that he's been a bit harsh on her. Then um, it's... Gemma. Is there a reason why he's being like this? I can't remember. It's another case of, like, I think we're maybe supposed to remember what the last thing is that happened between Bernie and Dev because they were kind of maybe going out or maybe they were each other's booty call partners or whatever the young uns are saying these days. But I don't remember. But... See, I think that there's, like... Um, we always talk about... Um, we wish that we had more space to, like, do charts, like, character charts and, like, see when where people were and, like, have a map of where where characters are living and stuff. But also we need, like, uh, a shagging chart. Yeah. Of, like, who's shagging who. Conquests. Yeah. A notch on the bedpost chart. What we need is um, a big chart with a sliding scale with the two characters on either end and then we can push them towards each other depending on how much they how like each other and, like, how mad they are at each other. Yeah, good point. Um, so, anyway, no job for Bernie at the shop. So, it's Gemma and Paul's birthday as well on Wednesday. But because Bernie's a bit strapped for cash, all that she can give them is pre-Madonna vouchers. <laughs> it's just a bit rubbish. But fair play to them. Gemma and Paul are very gracious for this gift because they know their if there's anybody struggling somewhat at the moment. Coronation Street, he would gratefully accept uh, pre-Madonna vouchers. Surely it was Gemma and Paul. <laughs> well, yeah, especially Gemma. Kebab for your birthday. What more could you want? So anyway, um, Gemma's like saying, look, you, you've, you've, have you got money problems, mum? And Bernie's like, no, no, I'm fine, honestly. And, by the way, I am definitely going to buy Joseph that school uniform he needs for September because I promised that uh, that I would and we don't need old granny money bags um, Linda chipping in to buy that. Thank you very much. So, they all go to the Rovers later and they're all kind of getting very sozzled there. Uh, Bernie asks Daisy if they've got any jobs going for her in the Rovers. No, they don't. Right, then we get a scene, which as I've seen um, various differing opinions on, and it's the Bernie and Dev scene, where um, she go, she's, she's kind of getting a bit guilty um, celebrating in the Rovers and 
not having any money and whatnot. So she leaves and then Dev catches her over and he kind of pulls her to one side and he devs it up to the max, doesn't he? Like going, hey, bunny, I've got something I need to give you. And she's like saying, what, what do you mean? Is, are you talking like personal services? And he's like, yeah, personal services, man. And like she gets, she gives him a slap around the chops and he, I can't remember what he says. He's like, whoa, why would you even do that? <laughs> but um, he basically wants her to be his cleaner. And he thinks that by kind of being very lechy by, in, in his method of asking her and very vague about it, that she's going to know exactly what he means. So I think this is obvious what's happened here. Go on. Dev, just, this is the last woman left on the street that he hasn't asked. He's been through the phone book. He's been like, hey, baby, I see you want to come round and uh, give me a bit of a once over and <laughs> was it bombing? <laughs> Do to bombing, baby. And they're all like, how dare you? And block his number. And like, every yeah. single cleaning service in Weatherfield he's been banned from. Yeah. And Gail's like, I would have done bottoming if you'd asked me. <laughs> Nobody asked me to You're right, he's gone through the whole phone book and he's got to winter just towards the yeah. end of it and it's like the last chance. So anyway, I, I thought that it was kind of funny because I love Dev. I thought that his reaction when he was slapped was hilarious. Both of us laughed at that, didn't we? But you got to laugh at Dev. It was... I did think it was very stupid the way he asked her. Like, it was... It, yeah. was, it was... The scene was written in a way to be... To make the character look like they were being purposefully um, en- enigmatic. No, is that the word? Yeah. About it. When in real life you just say, Bernie, do you want to be my cleaner? Yeah. I thought you were going to say something there, no, but, but clearly not. Just say. a sigh. Anyway, so Bernie is now Dev's cleaner. Uh, we start Friday's episode with a bit of an establishing shot at number five. Everybody's poor, but Bernie has a new job, so it's going to be okay. And um, she, she goes out shopping to get this school uniform for Joseph. She comes back later with another bag. And you you said, oh, this is going to be an old bag swap scenario, isn't it? What did you say was going to happen? Well, she put that, at one point she puts the bags down both together on the sofa and then she picks up one of them and I was like, she's going to go so go somewhere and be like, oh no, I've got Joseph's school uniform, but that means he's got my blazer. And then cut to like Joseph sitting in school with like swamped by this giant <laughs> snake, snake skin, skin blazer. blazer. And, the, and the teacher going, Joseph, Joseph Winter? Brown. Where's Joseph Winter Brown? What do you think you're wearing? But, but my granny bought this for me. A likely story. <laughs> Go to detention now. I'm losing track. I can't remember how old Joseph is. I don't know that he's starting big he's school 28. this year. No, that's Jack. Um, anyway, yeah, so this other thing that Bernie's got is a blazer jacket. And this, Who's this is from? A... You didn't write down the Gina brand's one. name. Gina and Uno. Gina Uno, that's right. Oh, you're so bilingual, you so can't remember. She went to this other shop and somebody, uh, the, the shop assistant's like, you're, do, you're looking well, here's your blazer that you ordered. Sorry it's taken so long to come. And Bernie's like, thank you very much, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is a very swish blazer, so I'll have it, thank you very much. So um, Gemma's like, you can't just pinch Steel somebody people. blazer, you haven't even got the matching bottoms to go with it or anything. And Bernie's like, nope. I'm taking this. Thank you very much. It's um, not often I that I get something m- lucky happening to me. I don't need matching trousers. Who do you think I am? The Duchess of Cambridge. <laughs> so, um, Bernie is left alone in the house later. Knock at the door. No. What? Left alone in the house. So what does she do? Woman, he's just 
got herself a new piece of clothing. Puts it on and looks at it in the mirror. Oh, I look so swish. Oh, what did she say? She said, oh, what a delightful blazer. Oh, yeah, she, she does. She and puts she on her a... posh voice, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Yeah. I just think it's weird because it seemed like a really hideous blazer. Yeah, it looked horrible. And this woman who comes round, who's clearly, you know, born with a bit of a silver spoon, didn't seem like the sort that would wear born such a hideous a outfit spoon. in her mouth. Not in um, a handbag like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, well... The thing is, some people, you know, if you put a brand name on it... Gina Uno. Gina Uno. Is this Gina Seddon, who yeah. has um, upgraded from... Um, what does she used to do to Hats. Tommy Orpington's hat? Yeah, put a stick in... Upcycle his hat. Upcycle in Tommy Orpington's hat, and now she's a highbrow I fashion designer. I would absolutely love it if Gina Seddon did turn out to be Gina Uno, and she comes back to the street in, like, a big limousine or something, and then yes, she's like, please. hello, Tim... Hello, Sally. You told me I wasn't good enough for you, but guess what? Now I'm loaded. <laughs> I mean, Sally has been to visit her already this year, so it would be a bit of a surprise, but you never know. They do look a quick turnaround in Coronation Street. Anyway, so we're kind of missing what happened here. This woman comes to the door, and she has bears more than a striking resemblance to Bernie Winter herself. She's called Fern, and I can't remember whether they said that on the show I or not. her name was Debs. Her name is not Deb Brownlow. We'll come back to that later as well. And um, she's a bit posh, isn't she? Yes. She 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 looks like Bernie, but she sure as heck don't sound like her. And, and uh, because she's, like, she's posh, she's horrible. You've got my blazer. Give me that back. Give and it Bernie's back, like, charwoman. No. She, um, so they have a bit of an argument. Um, Bernie says, I don't want to look like a stuck-up tart like you anyway. And shoves the blazer back on her and the woman drops off. So, everyone gets home later and hears Bernie's story. They don't really believe this this tale that she was visited by her dashing doppelganger. No, evil twin. Evil twin. Yes, Joseph's the one that knows the word doppelganger, doesn't he? And, um, and also, oh no, it looks like the lady has taken the bag with Joseph's school uniform in as well. So I think, and I was kind of half mystic because I was writing notes, are they kind of implying that Bernie didn't actually buy the uniform? There is a bag swap story, but it wasn't It wasn't quite Bernie what we were expecting, Joseph. no. So um, yeah, the woman's got Joseph's uniform accidentally, I assume. So uh, Bernie's with Deb in the pub later, um, and she can't believe that Gemma doesn't believe her, but it doesn't look so right there because Deb believes her. He says it's too far-fetched not to be true. So she goes back home and she says, well, I'm going to go to the shop later and see if they've got an address of this other woman. Um, but the others still don't believe her. And they have a nice little um, signing language session where Joseph says that he's been, his homework's been abducted by aliens or something, doesn't he? That's a new one. I think that Joseph is uh, he's kind of, he's doing a good rapidly. job. Yeah, he is. He, there was something about him this, uh, in this final scene, this episode. That was he's yeah, a bit of a, more of a spark bit to cheeky, him. Bit cheeky, bit funny, bit, bit saucy, quite liked it. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was good. So, let's talk about this Fern. Fern Linden, according to the credits. And, um, yeah, she is played by Gabrielle Glaister, who, um, this isn't the first time she's been in Coronation Street, because back in the year 2000, she played Natalie Horrocks' sister, Debs Brownlow. And now we can finally talk about all these funny rumours that were going around the internet about, what, three weeks ago, was it? When one of the newspapers reported... Debs Brownlow is coming back to Coronation Street. And everyone's like, why? <laughs> yeah, literally, everyone's reaction was... I mean, Stephen Reed was a bit of a surprise, but to have Debs Brownlow come back, that's just nuts. That's because inexplicable. It, totally inexplicable. Um, because she was in... 
Like, she was the minorest of minor characters. I think she was in, like, 70 or 80-odd episodes or so in the year 2000. More than you, it's true. But um, I don't remember anything that she did, apart from... I remember liking her, but I like the actress. She's got a very pleasant face. Well, I'll come back to that as well in a minute as well. But, yeah, I... Literally, we, we she's been on ITV3 Coronation Street earlier this year, and I still can't really remember much about what she did, apart from swan off with Natalie's um, boyfriend, Vinny, who I remember much more clearly. Um, she's a bit of a pointless character, I think. Rude. And so everybody, when they heard that Gabrielle Glaister was back on Coronation Street, I don't know, maybe she'd been spotted outside the, outside the set or something, I was like, what the heck's going on there? Then? I heard that people hang around... Outside the set. They do. There is a bit of loitering that goes on there. So anyway, um, and then I think it was early last week that while we were in Manchester, actually, that the news broke, oh no, she is in the show, but she's not playing Debs Brownlow again. She's this new character called Fern. And um, I just think it's a, I think it's a really funny story about how it's come together. And it basically was an idea from Jane Hazelgrove herself, who plays Bernie, because apparently... She keeps get she keeps getting mistaken for Gabrielle Glaister, and Gabrielle says she keeps getting mistaken for Jane Hazelgrove. So Jane says to Jonathan Harvey, I think, can we have this as a story, please? Can we get her into Coronation Street and have her a story where Bernie's got an evil twin? And and they're like, yeah, let's put that in the show. So they did. Um, yeah. So the thing is about them is that when you look at them, they are similar looking, but they don't look. Like twins, but when they're animating their faces, there's definitely a similarity between the way that they make expressions and yeah. hold themselves, which is quite interesting. It is. I think, I think my problem with it, and I, I did enjoy this. I thought it was quite a fun storyline today. But the fact that they had this whole press release last week, which I did, I had a sneaky look at oh. last week, and they were really bigging up. Look yeah. how identical they look, and and one of them was saying, "Oh, I, well, I've been, I think it was." Well, um, one of them, you can't tell which. G- G- Gabby was going around the Coronation Street studios and saying, "People keep stopping me and talking to me as if I'm as if I'm Jane Hazelgrove, but I'm not." And well, people that would have been the perfect opportunity to borrow some money, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, and she said, oh, people have been saying I'm really... In- I-, I switched on to ITV the other day and I saw you in Coronation Street and you were doing a really good job. But actually, they were talking about Bernie. And uh, and uh, I think Bernie said... No, sorry, Jane said that somebody was chatting to her at the British Soap Awards this year, thinking that she was Jane Hazelgrove. So they're bigging up these fact that they are literally you can't tell the difference between them and so when but but when I actually watched them together today I was like oh but they're not completely identical it was a bit of an uncanny uncanny valley kind of thing where it's like yeah I can kind of see they could be related yeah yeah they can they 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 did maybe maybe they will be maybe she has got another maybe it'll be like the prince and the pauper maybe she's a triplet well it seems like it's going that way doesn't it because um Bernie's obviously rough as but um, but Fern is um, certainly a bit more of an upper crust sort of character. Oh, did and you pick up on that? Yes, I did. She's got a posh voice and everything. I think it was everything. a bit too subtle for me. I didn't get. <laughs> um, and I don't know where the story's going. I've got literally no, no like, idea how long gonna, this character is going to be. She's going to be in like it. cleaning her toilet next, and she's going to take pity on her. Like also, if you're a woman, I know that she's supposed to be an out of touch bitch, but. Even if you are a hoity-toity Mrs. Lula, you go around somebody's house who lives in, like, no offence, but a hovel, and you, <laughs> you come away with a child's school uniform, and you're like, hang on, it's September soon. When you think to yourself, this might be missed, and bring it back. Maybe. 
Um, I think my pre- and I literally have got no idea what's going to happen with this. It would not surprise me in the least if Dev doesn't get a bit feely oh. <laughs> with Fern. Do you reckon? Well, yeah, but then he likes a posh bird, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But I, I think that he's maybe gonna... he'll be like Bernie. I saw you at the golf club. I thought you said you were poor. I I wonder whether um you know sparks are going to ignite between Bernie and Dev when she's um doing her French dusting around the house. Um, and then he's going to see her out in the street. He, or he's going to see Fern out in the street and like pinch her bum or something like that. That seems like the sort of thing that might happen. Um, but I can't... Various hijinks. Yeah. And but, sexual you know, harassment. Or do they... I don't know. what What's the story? I, I mean, I've seen many series of Sister Sister on Nickelodeon <laughs> when I was young. But I still can't you think You can't of a tell decent... us anything new about twins we haven't seen before. And there's one going to pretend to be the other. Sister Sister. Does Fern really, really like cleaning? Does one of and them have like, a oh, sassy mum and the other one has an uptight dad? <laughs> who who does the sewing, see? Sewing. Lisa used to do sewing, didn't she? She does, yeah, Lisa. Um, I don't know. It, this story, um, it just seems fun. And it's one of these... It's a mega filler story, isn't it? It's literally been sold to us as this was just an idea I had. But it seems like it's going to be pretty good. I've got a good feeling in my bones about it. Yeah, I don't it. imagine it like this time next year. We're like, I can't believe the double tragedy, murder, suicide. Of the... <gasps> Maybe somebody's going to try and assassinate Fern, but they accidentally yeah. kill Bernie Maybe instead. Maybe Fern's like. Around. Maybe Fern is a bit like a gangster's mole. Yeah. Maybe she's like. Maybe she's a Russian spy. Maybe Putin's going to come <laughs> kidnap Bernie. <laughs> Tell me the secrets. What do you mean? I'm a cleaner. <laughs> Maybe. There's so so many hijinks there could be, but I don't know. I don't um, know if they're going to have Putin in it. What was the thing that you got me to write down about Botox earlier? Is it Ber- remember, Bernie is it? shouts down. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it makes she any sense She shouts down anymore. the street about, well, at least I haven't got Botox or something, doesn't she? And then cut cut to um to <laughs> Fern Linden, who just has no surprise on her face whatsoever. <laughs> um, I would also like to say, um, I'm glad to have... Um, what's her name? Gabrielle Glaister on the street because she was also, unbeknownst to me until very, very recently, a bit of a, a childhood favourite of mine because she was on Black Adder. Which series? I literally, series two and four. I, I had only until about, I'm going to say six weeks ago, I had no idea that this actress who was in 70 odd episodes of Coronation Street in 2000 played Bob on Black Adder in series two, episode one, and series four, episode, I'm going to say, Nerd. four. And she was Bob. Everybody knows Bob off Blackadder, don't they? Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so she, the, the character in Blackadder is, she's, a, she's in series two, she's a, a girl that dresses up to be a servant boy of Edmund, isn't she? Because she needs to earn money for a impoverished father. This is gonna, what's going to happen in this in this. And what? and the joke is Bernie's going to dress up as a boy. I think it might be. And the, and the joke is, no, everybody apart from Blackadder can tell. Can, no, can't tell. Oh. Blackadder can see that she's a boy. She's a girl. Oh. And everybody else thinks that she's a boy. Um, and, and then in series four, she's like That's a driver, in the, which is the World War One one. She's a driver in the army, and um, uh, and Lord Flashheart, Rick Mail. <laughs> Clearly knows she's a girl and is, is snogging her and everything. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. I really, really Black love Adders. the two Bob episodes. They're like some of my favourite Blackadder episodes. So to have the actress who played Bob back yeah. on my screens, I think is brilliant. And when I was little, we used to have a tape 
and all, uh, in the car of that series two episode of Blackadder, and we played it and played it and played it, and we the way the way we got this oh is we, by saving up tokens in our PG tips box of box of tea bags, <laughs> and then we sent off and got this thirty minute tape of, of Bells, the episode is called, and we played it and played it and played it, and my family would literally sit there driving around Coventry. Repeating, reciting, re- reciting this script. episode of Blackadder off Pat. Did you? I can literally pa- say the parts? whole episode. Did you have parts? I don't think so. And I also think there's probably a lot of rude jokes there that I did not Didn't get, get at all. Do you know? Do you remember how it starts? Um, the, I'm challenging you now. He said, "Okay, you know I did. I did know it. The very first scene is Bob with her old dad." Uh, at home and she says I'm young and strong and clever my nose is pretty <laughs> I'm going to disguise myself as a young servant boy and seek my fortune and then the dad says but Kate you can earn a fortune here lying on your back there you go there's a joke that yes. you probably didn't get yeah she um, there, there's, a, there's a bit also in that scene where he says Yes, Kate, I want you to be a prostitute. And I definitely didn't get that <laughs> line. I was. have no idea oh, what a prostitute was they have them in back Coventry. in those days. Um, but anyway, so I just wanted to give a big shout out to Gabrielle Glaister. You were awesome in Blackadder. And everybody, if you haven't seen it, you should certainly check it out. Blackadder is one of those things that not many people have heard of or know what it is. So <laughs> Untrue. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know, do people these days watch Blackadder? It was so big in the 80s and 90s, wasn't it? Or, or I think it's one of those 90s, things that nobody but... remembers at all. Nobody remembers it. Rowan Atkinson also famously drifted into obscurity. <laughs> Don't say that. The tragedy is he kind of did. <laughs> um, he's in a programme called The Bee, okay? Man vs. Bee. Which is not at all just a movie that, that they split up into tiny episodes. Let's sure. spoil it. Um, I also, just before we move on, <sighs> I appreciated... There are two things I appreciated right. as well in this story this week. One... Chesney was being a miserable so-and-so in the party and he was called out for being miserable. Like, I think it's Ches, uh, Gemma that says to him, Ches, don't be so miserable all your life. It's like, <laughs> why stop now? Paul Sam Aston. Literally, there are lines in the script making fun of what miserable arse he is. And I don't know whether it is the character... Well, no, I'm not saying Sam is... I don't know Sam. But I don't think we're supposed to think that Chesney is a such a stick in the mud but now clearly that's right. the joke it's a bit like Kate isn't it where Kate was really yeah. really spoiled character and then by the end of her tenure people were well there were lines lines in the script about yeah. how spoiled she was and now the same thing's happening to old Sam here um, and also I appreciated that we got to see Alad this episode yeah. and he had his little hearing things in didn't he he had yeah. the two little the things stuck on his skull and the, and the, the hearing aids over his ears very nice. Yeah. But we still haven't seen all four quads together since probably the first time they were in the show. So um, let's get back real. on that. Right, Gemma. Over to you. Get yourself full of energy, my girl. It is time for Reading the Red. Monday. Everyone's waiting for this silk to arrive. And who is she? Carla? Yes. Yeah. Refusing to accept Stephen's offer of cheap silk or whatever. Later on, Carla's in the pub. <laughs> Still no luck with the fabric. I feel like, again, like we said last week, we joked that Carla could just like record, like um, Alison King just record herself going, we need to get this order out, ASAP, and just play it back and back. I also feel like we could record ourselves saying, there's a problem with the order and the fabric hasn't arrived. <laughs> um, because we could just splice that into almost any episode that has the factory in it. We're one order away from liquidation. Um, Sarah thinks that she should phone Stephen so she Carla gives in and does so back at the factory Stephen comes to butter 
Sarah up about her business acumen. She's, he's like, you're so good at, at business. Why don't you buy Carla out? And she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't have any money. Oh, maybe I'll have a windfall. <laughs> um, she thinks about it. Then Stephen comes in and he's like, guess what? I've got a great price on this silk. And Carla's like, great. In the pub after work. <laughs> I know everyone was thrilled about that. In the pub after work, Sarah talks to Stephen about having uh, loads of ideas that Carla won't listen to. She's like, Uncle Stephen, what do you think about sports bras, but not just black? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can't remember what any of Sarah's ideas are. I don't know if I've actually said any of what Sarah's ideas Uncle Stephen, ideas what do you think were, about... She's got a lot of them, believe her. A machine that does fabric embroidery. <laughs> oh, wow, Sarah, you're so smart. Um, <laughs> they need more... Look, no, here's her idea. <laughs> this is genius this is like I can't like I would love to see the episode of The Apprentice with this in because they just stop the whole show they'd be like right you can be Lord Sugar you can do the show yourself I don't know why anyone else is here she says Uncle Stephen my idea for improving the business <laughs> is to have more interesting patterns and designs oh my gosh Sarah why she's like whoa that? that's amazing what do you mean we should just do business more better I agree <laughs> on Wednesday Sarah's going through this looking at his website she's like everything's so much better Uncle Stephen's here my ideas are taking off we've got cheap silk we've got this awesome website which is just attached to a YouTube channel which also maxes uploaded pictures of david the dog doing funny tricks and sometimes the it glitches and there's just a, a yorkshire terrier and he's sitting. accidentally uh, uploaded that video of his willy and not set it to unlisted he's put it public <laughs> by mistake and they're like this isn't a very good advert for underwear <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> maybe they're like embarrassed by your junk <laughs> why not cover it without pants <laughs> anyway she says um you know what I reckon that um, we could hire you to be a consultant um, and then Carla would definitely have to listen to you. That Carla's not impressed about Stephen sticking his nose in at the factory and Sarah says we should listen to him because actually she starts going on about the 50 centres which are the people who own the percentage of the factory shares who... Remember that? Sorry. Yeah. In a way, I'm kind of glad they brought it up and it hasn't been forgotten. But in another way, it just reminds me of this is really needlessly complicated about who owns the factory. She's like, right. Bring me back the days when it was Mike's factory and that's that. (laughs) And then a woman came and tried to take over and then they had a shotgun and that was the end of that. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Jackie Ingram. My factory. It's my factory. Sod off. No, this is... Angie Freeman. No, thank you. No, thanks. Um, Yeah, Yeah, this was like... um, She's like, right, remember when Aiden killed himself and then left the thing and Alia had a bit of paper and then everyone freaking out and we were watching this going, no, I don't remember any of this. I've blanked it out. It's just so confusing. So a bunch of factory people, except I think Beth. Yes, I think you might be remembering that rightly. All bought the factory shares so that they could then be told to shut up and get on with their work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they were empowered while they were doing it. So basically Sarah's like saying, look, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to start causing troubles and everyone's going to have meetings all the time. So Sarah's like, God, the last thing I want is that. So she gives in. So she goes to the Barlows at lunch and starts moaning about this. And Ken says, "Uh, why don't you get another opinion? It might be a good idea. And Carla says, I don't trust him. Why is this Flash Harry so interested in Underworld? Pause there for a second. 
Ken had some great lines in this episode, didn't he? There was one bit that he's, um, somebody's talking about uh, somebody charming the pants off of Ken or something, and he's like, my pants aren't so easily removed. (laughs) (laughs) And he says it with such a smile, as if like, yeah, you know, that's not not a job for anyone. Um, And what was the other one that he said? I wrote it down. Um, He said, oh no, there was just a bit where, um, oh yeah, Daisy is complimenting Ken on his dress sense, isn't he? Like, Pete is there in the bar with Ken, oh, yeah. saying, what do you reckon to my, my new dad's tra- tra- Daisy? And she's like, oh, I don't know, Ken's very swiftly dressed. And Ken's like, you either got it or you haven't. <laughs> it's just great. Love it. Life of the old stuff. dog yet, you know? It really, really is. So, Ken and Peter go into the factory later, because they've been talking um, to Stephen, and they think that Carla should listen to his advice, and she ends up relenting. Beckett number eight. It doesn't take her much persuasion, does it? It's like Yasmin. If enough people say, now is time in the story for you to change your mind and Listen, agree to woman, something, so just do it. a man is speaking. Are you, you need to pay attention because a man's come. Yes. She's like, yeah, if there's one thing men know about is underwear. Back at number eight, so Stephen urges Sarah to set up this new life. He's <laughs> like, you know what? You want to make interesting pants? You do it. And she's like, you're right, Uncle Stephen. I should make a business, but it's better than Underworld. What's been stopping you, you idiot? <laughs> he, she said, he says that she should do it on the side, and who cares what Carla thinks? And then he says to Sarah, um, you should get some money to set it up, but I can't help you because my money's all tied up. And she says, I'll see what I can do. And Shona's standing there going, hmm. This sounds suspicious. Sarah doesn't have any good ideas about anything. <laughs> well, the, I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, are they... Like, we're all watching it thinking Sarah Louise is the Sarah's worst businesswoman of the it's year. Like, she's been trying for three years to come up with ideas for things, and now she's finally, finally come up with the idea of doing things that are more interesting. Yeah, like, are we supposed to be thinking... This is hilarious. He's he's making fun of this person who clearly, to this anybody with any kind of business brain or just any kind of layman on the street like us, really, that she has got no head for business whatsoever. Or are we supposed to think, oh, at last, Stephen has seen the potential in his yeah. in his young niece. He's, it's so lovely that he believes in Sarah Louise because she could really do some great work in the field of underwear. Yeah. She's like, Uncle Stephen, have you ever wondered that maybe we should do... Um, pants and and bras, but they match. <laughs> she's, she's just she's just useless. She's terrible. Um, and and kind of Carla's, she she's Carla's, getting a bit more of a Carla mojo. Carla strikes back, me as like has no creativity. She's just over it now. She's, she's like, she used she's she's past her peak in knicker design for sure. She's coming back now. I think the the more factory scenes we're seeing, the Carla's back in her element, barking at people. But she her just needs strength, to get right rid of Sarah Louise. Her she's strength lies in the business side of things, aka shouting, "We we need to get this order out, otherwise we're all going to go under." But you see what I mean? Like Sarah, Sarah is supposed to be like the creative brains of the operation because of her work in Milan. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I can make out, her, her amazing work in Milan was like working in a branch of Zara. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this as much as we're making fun of it a little bit because I'm, I'm very much oh, I'm enjoying it. seeing it's kind Stephen of a bit clearly. Camp, isn't it? It's very, very camp, and Stephen has very clearly been painted as a massive wrong. It just seems really obvious to me that he's going to just trick everybody into like he's going to be like Sarah. You know, I need to go and buy this 
this fabric that you've had this great idea for having beige colored pants so I'm going to go and buy some beige fabric. What, what is and this? then he's, I think he's just going to take the money and be like, bye. And then that will be it and you'll never yeah. like, is, leave. Is the story that he's supposed to be robbing Sarah? Think, or does he yeah. want to kind of just worm his way into the factory and no. become the factory boss? No, I think he's just like, desperate for to get his hands on money. Yeah. That's why he's suggesting, oh, set up on the side. Mm. Rather than, because he, I think he realises that Carla, that Carla has got, you know... She's she's a bit suspicious of him. So you don't and think so, he sees himself as the new owner of Underworld? No, I think it's a get get rich quick scheme. Like just yeah. take all the money because he was trying to get the money off of. I think he came back thinking that Audrey was going to give him a load of money, mm. and then he had to set up this trust, and that didn't work out. And she's obviously not going <laughs> to die. Just sign that bit of paper, yet, I wonder. And so he's thinking, I can just steal money off Sarah. Well, there's also this thing about, um, remember Mrs. Gabrielle Reed, whose credit card he had like three weeks ago. And I don't know whether this is a thing that they kind of were supposed to have forgotten about or whether it's something that we just have forgotten about because they've not mentioned it again. But there's, there's, this, there's this wife, there's this Mrs. Reed back in I Milan somewhere. No, I think that that's just his alter ego. I think he like, goes down the drag bars after. <laughs> he's like, we've got really elaborate. That's what he's going to do. He's going to trick Sarah into ordering a bunch of um, really beautiful fabric. And he's going to steal it and make him do a costume yeah. and run back to Canada. That, that, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's fun. Um, yeah, it's, you know. That's like, it. Well, it. It's a baddie. Who, we he's, like He's obviously up to no good, but it's such hilariously small potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Let's, uh, let's, let's up things there, please. Um, right, oh gosh, bloody summer. Uh, summer what's happened this week in the exciting burn. thrillingness of summer's life? Well, I'll tell you what, she's got a hospital appointment on Monday. Um, she has to tell Carla, and then she ends up getting blood all over a sample such pack a bloody because she pricked her finger doing a blood test. She's so like everything. She's so awkward. She comes in, she's like, "Mrs. Mrs. Barlow, I'm supposed to be on holiday, but I came back because I messed up my holiday." And she's like, "Great, get to work." And she's like, "Actually, I need to go in the afternoon for a hospital." Why did you come in then? You weren't supposed to be here. She's just Why did you shoes. come in, you bloody little swat? You're not getting an A star for this. Get out. Because <laughs> um, she goes to the hospital and, and the blood tests are looking good. And that is when the nurse recommends getting this fancy taffy monitor for her arm. Taffy monitor? Taffy monitor. You Don't know, like have you were talking taffy. About your dad, that Billy was talking about earlier. And yeah. someone's like, no way. So clearly she doesn't want anything that's going to be regularly taking her blood sugars. Yeah. Because it's going to realise that she's cheating the results or yeah. squirting her insulin down she the sink or what She likes cheating results. You. Yes, she does. Um, so anyway, she goes back and lies to Billy and says, oh, I didn't qualify for an arm monitor. But when Billy is left alone with Aaron later, Aaron says that maybe I will call the hospital and see if Summer actually could qualify for a fancy machine. Because I think that she should have one and maybe they don't quite believe her or something. I don't know. No, Billy's, no he, Aaron says maybe you should double check just to make sure she didn't get the wrong end of the stick. Right. Oh, gosh. I and then Wednesday he's like, he, oh, they, he's they such go a lovely to, young man. They go to um, Gemma and... Paul's birthday party, don't they? Because Paul is mates with Billy and it's his birthday and so Aaron and Summer have gone along uh, anyway. Um, and and they, Summer goes to the loo and Billy has a little whispering sesh with Aaron saying, oh yeah, thanks for, thanks for asking about the monitor. And Aaron says, hmm, I wonder, will Summer be mad if she finds out that I'm going behind her back? No. No, she's going to be absolutely fine with it, Aaron, don't worry. Um, and then at the end of the episode... 
Uh, oh no, midway through the episode, which is another bit we missed when the BT box went wrong, um, Aaron goes around to see Summer and she says, oh, I'm going to make up for ruining your holiday. And she does that by going to see Carla at the end of the episode and says, can I have an advance on my wages, please? And Carla's like, no, we don't do that. And Summer says, oh, please. And Carla says, okay then, it's fine. Uh, it's nearly payday, I'll give you half your wages if you keep it quiet. This is just secret upon secret. This Could not be line. bothered with this. If I was her, if I was Carla, I'd be like, no. Friday. You pay when you get paid. What do you possibly it is, need it for? It is the eve of summer's adulthood. And um, they decide to celebrate her impending 18-ness by booking a square at... Um, <laughs> booking a square. <laughs> she is a square. She is a, booking a squares room at go, the hotel. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you go, nerd. <laughs> yeah, do you, get, do you get a cheap room if you are a square, if you go to Chariot well, they Square? Well, the, they put her in the radi- electric radiator room, didn't they? The, this is apparently a deluxe they room went, at Chariot goes, Square. Sparks will fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, uh, she tells him. She tells him, everything's included, if you know what I mean. But he's this like, is just a week of bonking teens on Coronation Street this week. What is this? I know, it's like, hooray, Ardy and Summer have done it. And now Aaron and Summer have done it. I feel like I'm watching Biker Grove. (laughs) Um, Who's going to go blind? Nothing happens. They kind of brilled themselves up to this second deflowering of the week by deciding to order room service. And Summer gets all overexcited about the fact that maybe it'll have a cloche covering it. Hooray. Hurrah. Um, No Don't want to know anything more about teenagers' sex lives. Oh my lives. god! I feel like if I want to know about that, there's probably a Channel Four documentary. It's funny though. Like we're so we, we we. I was really into Adi and Kelly as a couple, but feel very cold towards Summer and Aaron. What yeah, is it? I don't know. Because I think that you know that there aren't particularly bad actors in there. I just think that um, Aaron and Summer are both. So, so, summer is just a bit of a buzzkill, massive, massive <laughs> buzzkill, and Aaron is a bit of a foppy head. He's like drip, a tortured, isn't like, he? Like, oh, my dad beats me up. Oh, woe is me. Um, yeah. But like, like, but whereas Ardy is just effortlessly cool just, in in a nerdy sort of way. Like Ardy is everything Summer wished that she could be, like endearingly geeky. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ardy's not a total geek, but he's a, he's a bit um he's a bit of a doofus. Yeah. Um, and, and Kelly's just kind of cool and stuff, and uh, there's just it's just night and day between their relationship. I think I don't know. Maybe there are some summer Aaron fans out there. Shout sure out there to are. you. Sure you want are. to um, write in and tell us why you are so well, don't forget shippy of them. Then do not every storyline's for everybody. No, it is not. Um, oh. I really wish I had spoken to Adam Hussein at the party last week. There were bits where there was quite long periods of time, wasn't there, last week when he was standing right at the bar next to us, and I was I was too nervous to speak to him because I just wanted to say he's doing a really good job as as I do. He's awesome. Moving on, Gemma, we're into the um into the the quick stories the now. The big deal. The big. What's the deal? Over with Dylan. What's the deal with Sean? Yeah, what is the deal with Sean? Friday. Dylan's impressed by James. Football James in the cafe. I find it very interesting and um, quite unbelievable <laughs> how so many people are in awe of James Bailey from this, you know, <laughs> I don't know the correct football term, but bottom of the league, third division, <laughs> um, fairly amateurish Shut team up. from Weatherfield that nobody's heard of. Car. And it's like, whoa, he's a footballer, he must be cool. I he's want... not exactly... 
Wayne Rooney. <laughs> I want there to be an, a scene like. I literally don't know any footballers at the moment. I want there to be a scene like obviously filmed in this really cold and windy, very crappy football pitch, like with two jumpers as the goalposts. Yeah. Where Coronation Street makes out it's like Weatherfield training ground, and then. <laughs> The actor who plays James... Nathan Graham. Nathan Graham, like, comes and, like, taps a football with his foot and gets it in the goal, and everyone's like, Ah, oh, look at that! Football genius! Oh, my God! James <laughs> Bailey! Ah, oh, wow! It's like watching David Beckham! Whoa! I don't... The, the funny thing is, I don't know whether we've actually seen James kick a ball in um, his entire I've, run of the show. No, but I've seen him carry one, and that's the same thing. Was he actually, to be fair, I think he was having a bit of a kickabout with Dylan at the end of the episode, but we've not seen him and playing the And to be fair, game. he wasn't like he was going to boot it down into the medical centre to sort of show him up, was he? No. He's like, come on, kids, I know one of these have got one leg, but I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> and Jack wasn't there. Exactly. So anyway, Dylan is in awe. It's it. This is the reason why he wants to stay. Well, he he doesn't want to go home because he's got to go back to school. Hmm. Um, but he wants to come back as soon as possible. Lawrence comes into the pub, and if you've Lawrence, forgotten who he is, dentist. he is Lawrence Crentis, the dentist who loves Sean, and um, he is much better than Frank. Yes, because he's not evil. Because he's not, he's not evil, evil and he doesn't he doesn't hate children. No. And in fact, he is happy for Sean to He's prioritise like, you know Dylan what? over him. Dylan is your child, and that's the most important thing. And everyone's like, oh, look how wonderful he is. He's so handsome. Mary texts Sean to say they've got the perfect treat for Dylan, Bistro at seven, and Sean starts getting paranoid because he thinks, oh no, Mary and... Mary and organising a party. And um, also... Who are Glenda. Glenda's there. And the funny thing about Glenda, and um, we might have mentioned this before, but Jodie Prenger who plays her, is more... F- she's she's not like a mega star, but she's definitely famous for not being an actress, but being a singer. Yeah. So I think Coronation Street has been teasing us this past few weeks by keep saying, oh, Glenda's going to sing. We're going to do a sing. We're going to have a mm. sing song. But we never really get to hear her. No. And I think they're doing that on purpose. I think it's really quite funny. Christmas but it probably Day. Doesn't... Christmas Day. Glenda singing. Probably doesn't translate. Glenda is going to get the end of episode montage this Christmas. I tell you that now. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Come on, come on, let's get through this story. Oh, for God's sake. I'm singing a song. Mary texts the go blah blah. Sean's worried because he knows that they might be a bit elaborate. He turns up and they, Mary and Glenda pretend that they're going to do a sing-along, but actually no, they've just got a football man. <laughs> wow football man so they have a kickabout the food gets ready James goes home it's the best party in Time the for world his got it's his like golden a, drummers on the table it's like a Disney film Dylan says I want to stay because guess what I don't like my mum well yeah what does he say he says my like, mum's never there and all those bullies are, are, are being horrible to me at school yeah. again so and Sean's like what shall I do I mean do you want a contract on the show I, I assume he's going to stay that's because, one, yeah. because Dylan, has, he's been here for the past six weeks over the summer holidays, hasn't he? But he's not really done very much, apart from being a thorn in Frank's side. Um, he's actually a really decent actor, um, Liam McShane. And I think that he's just going to stay, which is nice. And it's, and it's fleshing out Sean as a character as well. Where are they going to live, though? Well, they just keep Can't on bumming around in Eileen's house. Aww. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they keep Dylan. He's, he's a decent little actor, is he? 
I know, um, but I'm just like, I can't see what storylines Sean and Dylan are going to have together. We'll wait and see. You're um, not a storyliner, or indeed I a story not, producer. I'm not even a, a You're not writer. even Ian McLeod. Nope. So you have to wait and see. I checked yesterday. I don't know, I just think it's nice to have a... Because we, we've got all our decent older teams on Coronation Street, haven't we? But they're kind of making the transition into adulthood now. So Summer's going to be 18, oh. Artie's 17, going to be 18... Amy's already gone, so that it's that really glut funny, of it? teenagers yeah. aren't going to be teenagers so much longer. Then you've got the lower end of the spectrum where you've got, got your, your your Jake Windasses and your um, your Liam Connors and yeah. everything. It's like oh, you're going to get recast at some point, aren't you? So in <gasps> the middle, you've now got Lee, um, Dylan who could carry a storyline. I think so. Um, it's really, I think it's worth keeping hold of him. It's really funny, like thinking just having done our 10th anniversary podcast show and stuff, talking about having done it for 10 years, thinking about all these characters who we've basically watched grow up for 10 yeah. years. And in the first episode of the podcast, yeah. that was, wasn't it, say Joseph's christening? Yeah, wasn't it? maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> That's what we were talking about last week, yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is, Move it on is anyway. very funny. Move on. Moving on to Tile Street. If you thought that that last storyline was exciting... Hold on to your seats, everybody. It's back to the roofing problem Honestly, at number Dave, one. I could have, re- I could have done the tiling myself for them if they're going to be doing this every week now. I thought it was literally the, just like one tile needed replacement. Until the tiles are fixed, we all going to have to pitch in. I think we should. Should I start a GoFundMe? I think we should just we'll to finish the story. Fortunately for us, there was only one day that we had to suffer through this tiling storyline where Ed and Paul turn up at number one to do the roof, but Steve comes out and says, sorry, we've got the old roofer now. And Ed's like, oh my gosh, well, I can't believe you've re-employed that cowboy. Well, I'm going home and I'm going to go and have a fuming little storm around over there. He just walks through the next door. Yeah. Um, and then they drive past in the van later and Steve's outside on his phone talking to this other bloke who's, no, leaving an answer phone message to this other bloke and uh, who, who hasn't turned up again and is clearly ripping off Steve a little bit longer. And, and Edo finds this quite hilarious and goes chuckling off down the road. <laughs> you sucker. So um, the scaffolder then comes to take down the scaffolding because the higher period's up but we know that there's, that scaffolding is still going to be there in at least eight weeks time because it was on the tour when we went last weekend but so Steve says no you can't take the scaffolding down please my roof's still haven't been fixed yet and the bloke says well you can keep it if you give me 500 pounds I need the poles yes and, and Steve says 500 pounds well go on then I'm sure Tracy won't mind So, but he does and then there was an odd scene in the pub later where Tracy comes storming into the pub looking for Steve, but um, Peter's there, and it kind of very much felt like Simon Gregson wasn't available for a scene or something, because it's just Tracy having it's to like go at Peter, Peter and going, Peter's saying, this is what Steve would say. I don't know why you're telling me that, but as you are... This, this is what happened, and he explains the situation to her. Oh, and she's like, Tracy. I can't believe he wouldn't tell me that himself. Tracy just needs to shin up the drain pipe and get it fixed. She could do it. So... End of the episode. Steve turns up at the builder's yard, begging for Ed's help, and uh, Ed and Peter are making it very hard for him. Peter. Peter Ash, aka <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Throughout this podcast, we will be referring to people as either the character or the actor just to name, keep you on your toes. or just a completely different random name that we've made up. Mm. Um, I. Uh, it feels really like 
something's gone seriously wrong with this story. You know how they had like the sinkhole in Coronation Street that was clearly meant to be part of the 60th anniversary celebrations, but they couldn't because of COVID. So mm. then they strung out for a whole year. Oh, there's a sinkhole in the garden. Don't play out in the garden, Lily. You'll fall into the sinkhole and stuff. Then eventually when they could do something with the sinkhole last year, it kind of partly lived up to its promise. It really feels like they wanted to do something with this roofing storyline about two months ago, but for whatever reason, they've had to string it out, you know? It's just bizarre. I don't know how anybody thought that this was going to be in any way engaging. Don't be rude. You it's don't not... know what the plan is. I and don't also, think not everything. One. You're so smart. Not everything's that funny or brilliant. <laughs> not everything can be like BAFTA winning. I know, and I do like the and side stories. And sometimes funny. And some people probably do find this funny. And I like Ed. I like Steve. It just feels like it's going around inside. It doesn't feel like I don't know what what is going on yet, but it's. I mean, people are kind of crying out for the more day to day stories, aren't they? Yeah. Like, oh, the, you can't have every everyone's having an affair all the time, or there's a there's a murderer on the loose, or um, or issue storyline of the week, and this is very much a classic. It's just a slice of life story, but I mean, back in mm, the day, they could have done. I think the thing is, back in the day, they would have had an episode, one episode, or maybe two episodes, where, you know, Hilda and Stan have a roof tile missing, and then, you know, Len You're offers... absolutely right, actually. This would have been a standalone episode in the 70s, wouldn't it? And then it? Len offers to, pay, to, buy, to, to fix it, and then Stan says that's too much money, and then he goes up and falls through Elsie Tanner's stealing... And then they all agree to just pay for it. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, absolutely right. They would have got this out and done. And then it would have been an entertaining little little mini story all crammed into, into half an hour. And the whole episode would have been dedicated to Stan's Probably roofing that. problem. And and uh, Annie Walker going, <laughs> Yes. Or whatever. Um, and that would have been the end of it. Just string it out for so long. But that's the end. But anyway, that's like the podcast. end of that. And, um, and that is the end of the street talk. Except, of course, we do have to um, rate this week's episodes and pick a character of the week interesting um, now I really did like I think there's a very clear winner for character of the week this week but go on I enjoyed Ardy and um, Kelly Kelly having a shag that was great <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to say isn't it yeah. um, I really think they're very sweet um, I like Stu I, I'm glad that Yasmin's back on the road to redemption here she, she better um, be intrigued by what's going on with Bernie and Florence oh. or whatever yeah, great. Those bits are interesting. Some bits kind of like farted their way through to the end. Well, I did kind of order the storylines almost in, in rank of interestingness by yeah. putting the tiles stuff and the summer stuff towards the end. Um, perhaps a three Tell you and what, a you half. Know, you know that, that Dylan episode uh, storyline you said it was a... No, I said it was a dilemma, didn't you? But maybe what Steve is having is a tile-emma. <laughs> Only taking me two months. They were waiting for me to come up with that storyline title. Like, why like, finally, now. now we've got the Ty Lemma storyline title, we can actually get on with it. Yeah, who are you going for then? What? Character of the week. I've done, no, I've got to do my three and a half. Oh, you've got to do a three and a half you're going three for. Three and a half condoms in Ardy's wallet. I really <laughs> oh hope. Oh my gosh, that's half a condom. I really hope they use the right one. <laughs> and which half was it? I don't want to be here in nine months' or time. Or was it dissected nicely, or bisected and... Uh, Contemplating. From top to tip, top to end. Why they called their child Doja Cat. <laughs> so three and a half condoms in Ardy's wallet for you. I found that today's episode was the best one of the week. You're absolutely right that the um, the Ardy story was the, the main you know point of interest in this week. I'm... 
I've maybe got more interested in the Stew storyline as the week went on, but I'm still a bit worried that we've we've already figured out the ending months before it's going to be revealed on screen. I don't know. Um, I think three and a half is a good good one to go for with this, so I'm going to agree for you. I am going to give this week's Coronation Street three and a half vouchers for a free kebab at pre-Madonna, but only when Bernie's working out of five. Character of the week, I mean, it's, it, it isn't it? It's It's him. Yeah, are we gonna three, two, one, say it? Three, two, one. Ardy, no, shut up. <laughs> it's Ardy. Ardy is character of the week. He's bloody brilliant. I love him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good job. Good no, job. Oh, I think he's fantastic. I'm so chuffed at him that he's uh, not lost. <laughs> he's I'm so chuffed at him. He's now lost his L plates in more ways than one. Although <laughs> <laughs> um, L plates and his V plates all in one week. Should I say? On. Um, let's move on and do a little bit of news. Right, let's get on with our news then. Whenever I listen to these back, I just realise so many of my segments I start with, right, is that is that a Michael thing or is that a British thing or does everybody do that? I kind of feel think, like, slap them in ease. News time, everybody. What's been going on? I think if you want to be properly British, you have to go, righto. Righto, then. Um, you can now vote in the National Television Awards because Coronation Street has got a couple of nominees up there. Not as many as there should be because we ain't got no one for the serial drama performance, which I think is absolutely appalling. We've got no Georgia Taylor, got no Sally Carmen, we've got no anyone else what was nominated in the long list. Shocking. It's two Emmerdales versus two EastEnders. Miffed about that. But who you can vote for is Paddy Beaver in the Rising Star Award. And that's not just soaps either. That's about kind of everything in the in the world of television. Cool. So he's got some stiff competition, but it is very cool that he's on the list there. Well, let's We've met vote him. For him. He's lovely. Vote for him. He is really nice. If he got an award for the best person who is nice to you, even though you are mean about his character on a podcast, he'd definitely get he it. He would get the gold prize, absolutely. And, and what other reason apart from that do you need to vote for him? You can also vote for Coronation Street in the serial drama but um yeah not so good last year's national television awards we did awesome didn't we that was like you know molly gallagher did we didn't, Real, didn't get one then Sal Carmen did that that was coronation street you're like one of these insufferable people oh, that believe their me. football team Gemma. like when they win something it means that you will also won were we or were we not told last week we're part of the cory family now i know but we hmm? we didn't win anything we don't we don't get awards no, we don't, get, we don't even get nominated. Oh, um, right, that, that's that. Go and vote, nationaltvawards.com. I don't know how long you've got, but the awards are in like Just an autumn or so, aren't they? Just do, do it, it now, now before and then you, you don't forget. Have to worry about I haven't it. done it yet, so can you vote twice once don't for me, please? Don't stress out. Just go do it now. Sad news. This came out last week, um, but we didn't pop it in the podcast. Dougie Brown um, passed away just recently. Yeah. He was the guy who played lovely Ted at the beginning of this yep. year, who famously got, got his biscuits crushed um, by by uh, Emma, Emma and Faye. And he was a really nice character, wasn't he? He um, was very cool. Sadly, there was no chance of him reappearing on Coronation Street anyway. Uh, hence why Emma had to scarf her off to Australia. But yeah, that was kind of sad news. It was also the brother of Lynn Perry, who played yeah. Ivy Tilsley, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah, sad, sad, sad. 82. Let's have, mm, 82, it yeah. was 82. Yeah, 82. Um, happier news, um, if you are Dolly Rose Campbell, congratulations, you can now do sign language. Level one, um, she's won. One, that's not what, what do you say? She's been, she's been awarded level one of BSL. Um, which British is, sign language. Yes, exactly. Um, she, and, and that's apparently it's, um, it helps you communicate with deaf people on a range of topics that involve simple everyday language use so I guess it's you know not just the hellos like, and thank yous but what a load of old crap that was or can you believe who's the prime minister or 
Did you see that ridiculous display last night? Or wash me pants. Yeah. That's probably a good one. Make me tea. So, um, yeah, that's really cool that, um, that Dolly's doing this. Um, I know, I think she's great. Yeah, I, I think... It, I, I still can't decide whether or not I'm enjoying overly signy Gemma in Coronation Street because she's kind of signing to everyone at the moment isn't she yeah. she doesn't need to but I, don't know I guess how... that's a thing that happens I mean if you learn I don't it, know you just how wanna... much you would do I, I, I assume that you would just to you know to, to get better at it to practice and I also if... think too if I was a mum of a deaf child I might try to incorporate it more in my life just to kind of accustom other people to signing and maybe make some of them curious or like pick up a few signs so my kid could you know, communicate in sign language to people. Mm. But it's really awesome that, that Gemma's kind of gone the extra mile and done this qualification herself. I, 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 Dolly, I, I, do, the Dolly, actress sorry. who plays Gemma. Yes, I don't, I don't know whether she's going on to level two. I think it might have said that she is. But th- yeah, that's really cool. Why like, not go all the way to level 100? It does make me wonder if like the character is going to be continuing to do this and some of the stuff that we see Gemma do will do will get more and more complicated or... I don't know. It's, it's kind Why of not? interesting. Uh, I think that's a, that's a very cool skill. I think she's cheating so Congratulations. by doing work. Yeah, get paid to do it, honestly. <laughs> um, also, good news for Alexandra Mardell fans. She's can't, she is, can do more than crushing she's, old she's men's Australia. biscuits. No, Emma's in Australia. Ali is right here at the moment what? recording stuff. She's just finished recording a new six-part 30-minute comedy um, programme for... No, ITV is called The Family Pile, Hat-trick which is going to be yeah, it's going to be Isn't airing that next year. Jonathan, I don't know what's his face as well. Jonathan Harvey. No, no, uh, the one who can't. Jonathan one, Ross. Yeah, I've got no idea. I think it. But might anyway, be. if uh, if you're if you're yearning for more um, Ali Mardell goodness, then you can wait next year and I, then see this. I was excited because I thought it was The Family Pie. And I was like, oh, I love a pie. No, I really fancy a pie at the moment. Let me tell you what it is, Gemma. This series. Reading from the press release. Can't believe it. You'll never know. Will be a comedic exploration of one of life's big milestones via four sisters who have lost their parents oh, oh, and are packing up the funny. home, the family home to sell. But even in grief, their messy lives go on. That feels really tragic. Is this supposed to be a comedy? Is it going to be a, what's it called? A drama, drama, dramedy? Maybe. I don't know. It's got, it's got Ali Mardell in, who's the only one I've heard of, but also Amanda Abington who was in Sherlock and Miss Selfridge. Claire Calbraith, who was in Home Fires and Downton Abbey. Claire Keelan. Um, I don't even know what she was in. And um, yeah, so anyway, maybe we'll watch an episode of it next year. But um, if, if you do go on to watch it, go and let, let us know whether it's whether it's worth seeing. But you just got to wait for a little bit longer. But anyway, well done, Ali Mardell. Yeah. That's very awesome to hear that you've got some, some work. Hattrick Productions has got nothing to do with Jonathan Ross. Oh, I wonder where you got that from. It's because I was talking to somebody at Hat Trick Productions about Jonathan Ross doing a TV show um, that they wanted um, somebody to do something in. I can think what the logo is. There's a little rabbit pulling a, yeah. pulling a thing out of a hat or something. Anyway, um, I'm trying to string this news. I told you before we started recording the news there was loads of news, but it seems like there's lots of short news this yeah. week. Last piece of news. I'm going to let no you do it because I've, I've been the news reader for the last four items. What is our final piece of news? This is why Gemma? the news is a sham because hmm? it shouldn't be half an hour every day. It should be like as long as it hello, needs to be we've got some news but it's not that interesting so do you know what just carry on with your day nothing much has happened really today do you guys want to watch should we put something should else put on? Football should we put on a tape or something, on or something? Yeah. do you guys want to watch like an old episode of thomas the tank engine why yeah. not come on what's our next bit of news the next bit of news is important i don't know why this was not the top billing of this um it is the fact that there is a new 250 piece rover's return jigsaw 
available on the ITV shop for £9 now. New Curry merch. Official Coronation Street merchandise is out. I have to admit, I haven't rushed out to order myself a new 250-piece Rose Return jigsaw. But But we've got a table. We could do the... We could do it on the table, couldn't we? Once Imagine we, the fun. Well, we when we have. were in Manchester a couple of years ago, you might remember this, listeners. We had our was that a thousand? Oh, yeah, piece, I think it was a thousand. I think um, Coronation Street jigsaw. So I don't know why they've gone to two hundred and fifty for this. Also, it's a, just a kind of fairly plain oh, bog standard picture Look, of the Rover's return. It's not that exciting. Can I just say the demographics of the? I feel like there's um one of those what's it called Venn diagrams of. People that like jigsaw puzzles, people that are old, and people that watch Coronation Street, okay? Mm. But the but in the middle there is not 250 pieces. No. What? No, it should be a 1,000, minimum. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the, the good thing about our 1,000 no, pieces is there listening. are loads and loads of different characters on there. To this, and you're offended because I said that old people like jigsaws. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad likes a good jigsaw well my He's friends like jigsaws and they're like super young because I'm only hang out with young people <laughs> and also we ha- we met a child today who's two and he liked that jigsaw that he did oh my gosh so we had a child come around our house it ranges across all I the ages but I do know that older people generally have more time yeah you know like us youngsters we're out and about aren't we earning money and uh, building walls mm. that should be news we had a two year old boy around our house today getting his nappy changed and getting, getting it was, fed it um, was by the boob. I've never There's had that no happen in my house before. There's no need to say any more. Nothing more to say, but it was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, anyway, what tell you who... What the hell are you talking no, about? I've just never... You know, none of our friends no have need. got children. There's no need. Um, tell you who would love this jigsaw. Peter Barlow. Oh, I thought you'd say your, your great-aunt Barry, but she's dead. Peter Barlow would like this jigsaw. He'd be he'd... sitting there in his, ho- in his home, blanket round him, Rover's return jigsaw out, and he's like... <laughs> do you know like what? a nice drink. Do you remember when I was the landlord there? Yeah, do you remember? Look at me pulling a pint. This kind of makes me, puts me in mind of a Black Mirror episode where somebody's doing a jigsaw and they slowly realise that it's of them and they're actually a character in a television show. Yeah. <laughs> you can do, you can imagine that. Like, Peter Barlow comes out of rehab and he's a bit disorientated because he's lost the last 30 years of his life to booze and he can't remember bits of his life and he's slowly remembering from doing this jigsaw and he thinks, oh, this is really nice. My dad's made me this jigsaw to remind me of all the things I did in my life. And then he realises it's not his dad's done it. It's ITV has made this. And yeah, he's he, actually been starring the in a television show. the final piece in and it's the ITV logo. Down and the he, bottom and then he kind of like holds his hand up to his face and like, oh. I knew it was a lie. Anyway. And then, and then it goes black and then there's a voice that says, Mr. Barlow, are you ready for your medication? And then you're like, hang on. Was this all a hallucination or did it really happen? It's an orange juice induced hallucination. So anyway, that's free, that idea. Um, so anyway, if you are old or you like Coronation Street or indeed you are just a fan of jigsaws, get yourself over to the ITV shop now. Nine pounds. Nine pounds to be fair is not a bad price for this. Um, let us know how fun it is on we, a score oh, of one we to were five. Are going to get one? Are we going to get one? I've just kind of slagged it off know. a little bit. I might get one. Is it free? I'm back to school next Do you week. Get a free where... one? We get a free one for being nice about it on the podcast because we can delete all what we've just <laughs> we said. We can delete now. everything we just said and we recorded. I can't bother. It sounds like too much work. Anyway, that's out now. We're waffling. That's the news for this week. We've got some. Oh, but, but, but. What is it? There's a cabin extra later. What is it? Well, are you going to scroll down to our notes to find out? There's a cabin extra what later. What is it? Because I know lots of secrets now. How can I possibly discern? I see. Yeah, I've just shown Gemma what the I secret see. is. We're allowed to talk about that now. Oh, we? Okay. We, are, we can talk about that. We'll wow. talk about that after the feedback, which is coming up right now. 
feedback time and we've got lots of feedback we've already had our feedback podcast this week haven't we but you know what Gemma yeah there's more there's there's more feedback stuff but first we need to say what last week's Facebook group score was for yes last week's episode I can't even get my words out 3.34 was what everybody voted Coronation Street last week and well no um I think we went but you went to like four last week I think I think I went to three and a half but uh, yeah I think the Facebook group and others I've seen online actually were a little bit more down on last week's but uh, Richard um, agreed with you and he gave it four plate spinning arachnids out of mm-hmm. five which is a good one yeah. um, Judith gave it um, who was more down on it said two free tickets to the stations of the Cross Christian Rock Festival near Bolton <laughs> um, Rebecca was my pick of the week this week who voted three and a half inappropriate pieces of birthday <laughs> cake out of five which is a great reference to, uh, to Audrey's birthday party now before we got into the feedback about um, last week's Coronation Street we have got quite a few people loads of people have said how much they really enjoyed our uh, trip report to Manchester so the video went up on YouTube on Tuesday didn't it and the audio came out then as well and lots of people have been saying how much they've been enjoying hearing about all the adventures that we've been getting up to and seeing all the videos and stuff on the YouTube and I've just taken a couple of um a couple of those feedback um comments about it to, to read out to say thank you very much to people for saying thank you very much to us I guess but Susan says that it took her two days to get through the Manchester YouTube video the nerve of work getting in the way of my viewing pleasure thank you Gemma and Michael for all of the filming and putting everything together loved living vicariously through you guys and so pleased that you are getting the recognition from the cast and crew for the work you do to promote the show it was I'm, gl- I'm really glad that people have enjoyed it because it's um it was a, it was a fun time but the uh, putting all the videos together and everything took an awful long time so um I'm glad that Very people glad have that been people. enjoying it and also I thought it was waffly you thought it was mega waffly didn't you we we listened to it on Monday didn't we and I tried bit... to edit it down and it took me an hour to do the first eleven minutes and then Michael uploaded it anyway yes without because I thought you were going to do more I thought it was fine people people like the waffle hopefully I'm kind of banking on that anyway. Do you want to read out this this next one? This is Alex's comments on the episode. I've just spent the last two and a half hours smiling at my laptop screen watching your 10th anniversary week in by the field video on YouTube. It was so fascinating hearing about how you saw different scenes being filmed and all that's involved. As much as I'm looking forward to watching it on screen, I think I'm even more excited about hearing you talk about it on the podcast. I don't even mind waiting. You just made it all sound very intriguing. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is so hide. Anyway, love the photos you got with some of the cast members and what you had to say about them, your anecdotes of the week, and of course the usual huge helping of your humour thrown in. What an absolutely amazing experience you had. Hope you're recovering from the post-tour week experience Blues. We're getting there, we're getting Thank there. Thank you, Alex, but it was all down to what how nice people were to us yes, it from Corey. <laughs> so when we when we uh, you talk about the anecdotes there, when we re-listened to it again on Monday, we still couldn't help but laughing about the Ryan Prescott story. Uh, I, think, I think that was uh, my favourite anecdote of the week, the whole milkshake story and uh, you there with your clanging bags of cider. Shut up. <laughs> Right, um, okay, so we'll get on to normal feedback now. Thank you, everyone. And see, we've had lots and lots of lovely comments about that. Thank this you, week. everybody. Thank you it's very, really very nice much. that you guys enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, and people are saying they're jealous as well, but they're saying it in a nice way. <laughs> Nobody said, Who are you to think that you can get out of Manchester and go, and What have you done well, to deserve that? <laughs> we haven't might heard, be thinking it. Might be thinking that, but we still have also had people that don't know what the podcast is commenting on, on like Instagram, or whatever, going, How come you got to do that? And I'm thinking, do 10 years of a podcast every week for many hours. 
that's you how too. you that's how you can get you in too behind could the scenes. Do the same thing. Yeah, some people have said online, "Oh, I didn't realise the tour was um, opened up to the inside sets and letting you sit around." And I didn't, didn't realise no. the tour ended in the Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> also, somebody says, um, "Somebody said, oh, you you've got the most amazing job.'" Um, not our job. You do, you do Michael. I, you a do. primary school teacher is the best. I have yeah. to say. But um, yeah, honestly, thank you. It's been lovely hearing all your lovely, lovely comments about but, it. But you know, hey, what? if you want it to be our job, you know what you've got to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait until the beginning of September and head over to our Patreon page. <laughs> and join our special new tier, which is only £30,000 a year. <laughs> right, um, we've got another voicemail. This is from Jake, and he has got stuff to say about recent Coronation Street, so let's hear what he has got to say. Hello, Michael and Gemma. Just thought that I'd wish you a very happy birthday to the podcast. Uh, I've been listening for about a year now and I really, really enjoy it. Um, You're both very, very funny uh, and it it really brightens up my week. Uh, A few thoughts on on last week's Corrie. Uh, I I really liked all the stuff with Sean and, and Glenda and Mary and I agree with you that that's a fantastic family unit. Um, and Sean's definitely grown on me recently. I like him a lot better when he's got uh, a, s- some people around him to, to bounce off um, rather than just seeing him here and there in the factory in the Rovers. Um, I want to defend Yasmin for a bit and, and, and uh, say that I think, although it's been slow moving, Corey have done a very good job of showing the effects of Jeff um, and not just left that storyline as if it didn't happen. Uh, and I think Shelley King has been really good at showing uh, Yasmin's struggle at being able to trust. Uh, I'm enjoying this week's Corrie so far. Um, I think the scenes with Audrey have been amazing and Sue Nichols is an amazing actress who can do comedy and drama excellently. Um, I'd like to finish off by asking you a question. If you were stuck on a desert island with one current character and one previous character, and they can be dead because, well, the island's not real. Um, so, you know, um, who, who would you pick and why? Uh, I think I'd probably pick um, Mary, maybe, because she would lift spirits. And, and Dennis Tanner, because, well, it's Dennis Tanner, isn't it? Happy birthday once again, uh, and, and hope you have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jake. Lovely to hear from you. Yeah. Um, Desert Island. We have actually done that as a listener question in the past, haven't we? And I, um, I emailed, no, I texted, messaged, sorry, Jake back with a link to our Who Would You Like To Be Stuck On A Desert Island oh. with listener questions, which is on YouTube. Um, well, it was a few years well, ago since we, we did say? that. I can't even remember. We managed to probably string it out for about half an hour. Well, I don't know. That's not a satisfactory answer. Well, off the, off the top of my head, I would say I don't think I could be doing with being stuck on a desert island with Mary, which was his suggestion. She would get on my nuts. last nerve. Um, so, oh, I like the idea of Dennis Tanner as a, as a past character. So maybe I'll just steal that right from you because I'm just thinking off the cuff now, even though I've had plenty of time since you sent this voicemail last well, week to I have thought know. about it. You didn't know you weren't ready for this, Thank were you? you? For that. Um, and maybe somebody from the current day, maybe Jenny. Maybe uh, I mean, I'm very charmed by Ardy at the moment, but 
maybe there should be a lady on the desert island as well because um, who else is going to cook me tea and wash my pants? It's got to be Abby. Ab- Abby and Dennis Tanner on the island with me. Any uh, any strong thoughts, Gemma, for you? I'm not going to have a bloke on the island because I think uh, I might get a bit fraught, you know. I am attractive and I don't want him to get any funny ideas. Mm. Um, but what about, um, I think, probably a very early uh, character from back in the day when they all fought in the war. They'd be quite practical. I want to get off this bloody island. Yes. So I'm going to get Elsie Tanner because I think she probably knew some technical things. Mm. Worked in a factory, building rafts, hopefully. <laughs> well, I think there's somebody like Ina would be good for that or Minnie didn't they work in the uh, in the factory they're too well. old I want somebody young okay and also Abby I was going to say Abby before you said Abby so it's not copying well she can fix um, the speedboat up yeah she's very practically minded and she could help us build this goddamn raft yeah there you go there's, there's art without giving much thought to our answer I hope that's uh, that served you well or but what? you know you could do uh, past characters you could have Jenny and Johnny mm. to be reunited. Oh yeah, we could have Imran That's and Toya. That's a past and a present. Yes, Imran and Toya. Oh gosh, yeah, Imran and Toya could be on the uh, desert island with us. I would absolutely go for that. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Um. Let's get on to our Reedy uh, emails, and uh, this one's from Richard. This one just Is popped in this Stephen evening. Reedy? Actually, no, just wants to read. Richard says that she, he hopes we are both well and enjoying the start of the second decade of conversation. <laughs> Straight. How's, how's it going for you so far? Um, the program has been a mixed bag for Richard this week. He says that he's loving the summer and Ardy relationship. I don't think you mean that, Richard. I think you mean Kelly. Um. Although well, summer and Ardy did have a thing sunny, last year, didn't they? It could be summer and Aaron because. Well, no, because his last point is very bored by anything involving summer. Okay, that's that's we've I think we've cracked. Yeah, surprisingly enjoying the Bernie storyline, enjoying the Dylan wanting to stay story, and bored by Steve's Ruth shenanigans. Hopefully, Richard's going to enjoy Street Talk this week then, because we're pretty much um, echoing everything that he said there. And Demi also thanks us for our commitment in producing a podcast and for the extras, such as the bonus episode this week for the ten year anniversary. You're very, very welcome. welcome. Yeah, three podcasts in a week this week, you spoiled lot. I know, we haven't stopped, don't shut up. No. Nancy says, it was a wonderful start to the week to see Audrey going out to meet Ken, Roy and Rita for a meal at Chariot Square. It was a positive sign to see Audrey so self-aware that she made sure she had a smile on her face before she sat down. When I heard Claudia say to Charles, he is tight, it was hilarious. Claudia coming down over to the table made for some lively conversation. I like the way Audrey revealed that she tried to kill herself. She told them without any drama. Audrey's friends were supportive. It was wonderful to see Audrey getting the salon ready to open with help from Shona, Steve and Max. I love Rita and Ken visiting her. I was, it was moving to see Audrey kiss her wedding ring finger and sit the mirror and tell Alfie she's ready to carry on while taking her pills. Carla was so strong. She was in an underworld and total control. She allowed Max and Stephen in to make a video but it was not about to do any other business with Stephen. It's clear that Stephen is after Audrey's money or wants to steal from Underworld. It would be nice to see Carla stop Stephen and win instead of being the victim. I think Gail may discover something. I think that's a really good point, actually, having Carla being the one to stop Stephen because she has been a total victim these past few years, hasn't she? And I think, like you said, Carla is kind of back on the way up again and having her there triumph over this um, this leery Canadian would be quite good. Seeing her striding around the factory, barking orders at people with a very long, flouncy cardigan made of silk, was like, yep, back in the good old days. This is the heydays of of Carla. Um, Is Carla Barla back on top? I bloody hope so, because I've really been missing the Carla of of old. Um, 
Nancy says it would be interesting to see what Zidane and Nalia find out from Stu's old case files. I think Lennox killed the waitress when he found out she was seeing Stu. I think it's wonderful to see Toya out protesting again. I hope it doesn't lead to more trouble for her because of Spider. Leanne telling Spider, you're not a kid anymore, Jeffrey. Was great. I get this week's episodes for Monkfish Masalas out of five. That's what you came up with, Michael. Did I? Is that, is yeah. that the one that I came up with? Oh, yeah. fantastic. Right, Rebecca says, firstly, the highlight of the week last week has to be the afternoon tea with Audrey, Rita, Roy, Ken and Claudia from comedy with Rita hiding behind the plant and Audrey telling the group to have good vibes. Sorry. Ooh, what was that? To the darkness with Audrey revealing she tried to take her own life, then the birthday cake coming out. That sums Corrie up perfectly. Yeah, it does. The comedy with the dark undertones. I also love the mentions of Alfie and Audrey putting his picture on the salon counter. Aww. I also loved her calling um, money notes cash from the olden days. And also she could bob a tenor on her app to Max. Steve is getting, oh, so Stephen is getting more and more annoying every week. And I think he is definitely trying to pit Carla and Sarah against one another. Great that Gemma caught that Carla was a bit back to her old self, but I was a bit worried that they had Kirk talking about the toilets and Carla sanitising her hands. I really hope there's not bowel cancer story oh, coming up for Carla. Oh, blimey. Also, I that was just a funny joke about somebody doing an... Uh, I hope so. I found it interesting, again, talking about ITV3, which is about the third or fourth time this episode, but Kirk's been on um, this week with Jason and he's so less thick back in the early days. Literally, it seems like these days, Kirk can't say something without it being, we have to make it a joke. He has to misunderstand something or get the wrong end of the stick. Like, back in the day, he just used to say lines. You know, he was just a he normal... Was a he was just a normal person. And yes, he was a bit thick with some things, but oh, he, he wasn't so dirt, dirt about it. Anyway. Um, anyway, Steve is acting very shifty, Rebecca says. Um, keeping on asking, asking Audrey to sign her trust funds. I'm finally glad Zidane is on Stu's side, despite Yasmin still claiming she wants nothing to do with him. I like the charity auction. Leanne talking about the silk scarves was hilarious. My favourite part was you can get 12 of those down the pound shop. And suddenly, Sally wasn't interested. I still maintain Bridget did it, but she could have been having an affair with Lennox to cook something up. Roy helping Laz- Yasmin out was so sweet. Craig, I don't know whether to throttle him for keeping asking Faye what she wants or feel sorry for him as he's only trying to help. I laughed at Faye calling her curry a menopause curry, though. I think her attempted kiss with Michael will come back to haunt her, but Craig will forgive her. And also, I love the singing at the karaoke. Summer is driving me crazy, throwing her insulin down the sink. No wonder she's fainting. I think she's going to continue to do this until she ends up in hospital again. Glad Amy got the grade she needed, but I'm going to guess this time next year she will have dropped out. I don't think we're meant to think too deeply who Aaron's father is, as I've seen theories it could be Frank, Spider or Stephen. I think he'd just be a random guy. I like Gemma's analysis of the three dads, though. Yeah, I don't think that Aaron's dad is going to be anybody particularly, is it? I don't think it... it to me, it's not feeling like... Uh, Literally, who's the daddy's storyline? It's just going to be some nasty beater-upper. I'm beginning to lean towards Spider has a secret girlfriend or wife, especially with Spider saying he doesn't deliberately mean to hurt Toya. I think the truth might come out either before Toya's trial or after. And, well, Rebecca, either before it or after the trial. Not during the trial, Rebecca says. No way. Uh, Toya will send him away, but I'm really hoping Spider might return in a few months. Kind of like what happened when Jenny returned the first time and then she came back again later. Griff could also be a short for Griffin as well. I've got a prediction about Toya's trial. Yes. 
I think she's going to be found guilty or not guilty. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. Either or, one or the other for sure. Maybe the trial won't will just get suspended. Or it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I'm concerned about Leo's leg. I really hope it isn't something serious and that Leo might die. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Just because he tripped over the when uh, I read this the scaffolding. I was like. Ooh, Leo could die of an infection. I I, I hope We've that something that, is wrong though. with Leo's leg. Yeah. We already had that. What with Jake? Yeah. Yeah, sepsis again. On the other hand, you might be faking it to try and scam money out of Ed and Steve by suing them. Leo's not interesting enough just to do that. Over something and that's it. He's not. Yeah, he had a couple of lines. I oh, didn't like Steve trip over the scaffolding this week on Monday, and Leo Maybe was there going, do, like, nah. A mass suing. Maybe. Um, I'm also happy that Paul might be getting promotion at the Builder's Yard. Character of the Week is Audrey. Sue Nichols has been amazing. And I give it three and a half inappropriate pieces of birthday cake out of five. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Susan says, big congratulations, etc, etc. So love the quiz and I've got quite up to the excitement of ten years. Incredibly amazing that you managed to keep the show fresh, familiar and fabulous. Nice bit of alliteration there. I don't know whether we managed to keep... Do we keep the show fresh? It kind of feels like we're in a bit of a routine with things now, but I'm glad that you think so. I've been hearing quite a few... Sometimes we try and freshen it up with robots, but people don't always like that. Susan says, I've been hearing quite a few negative comments about Yasmin, so I was expecting something different. I've only just seen her confrontation with Stewie. He comes to her house to retrieve his watch. I believe she had every right to be upset about him being in her home uninvited, especially when he actually said, I refuse to go. I can't believe people would deride her for this. Then even after I've tried to explain, he wasn't very convincing. She has every right to kick him into touch. Why do people expect women in particular to be kind, caring and understanding? No, it probably has already turned out that he had a perfectly good reason to be innocently kept in prison. But Yasmin, you don't need to take on his grief. Whatever it turns out to be, he has been cagey. But I'm more upset about people not supporting Yasmin. I believe the writers rightly want us to understand the dilemma, but nevertheless understand Yasmin's stress. So I guess I'm going against the grain and I'm team Yasmin. Of course, I have more to see, so perhaps I'll have to change my mind. Won't be the first time. Thank yeah, you, I mean, I, I think lots of people are team Yasmin. It's just like, it's not the, the most fun team to be on, is it? Like, she's it, absolutely right. Yeah, you know, when Yasmin came back home last week and Stu was there... I don't think anyone's saying, oh, go on, Yasmin, just let him let himself in, it's fine. But it's just when she's she's just cowering, it's just like, come on. No, I agree, I do agree, and um, Susan's right about people do expect women to just be nice all the time. That's why I hate that hashtag so much. We don't need to be nice. <clears throat> That's what gets you murdered, especially mm. on Twitter. <laughs> um, Joseph has written in to say, uh, and he, you know, Joseph from the gaming place, this is in the desert <laughs> yeah he says just like both said on the last podcast you two wanted some feedback for the 10th anniversary so here it is first of all huge congratulations on your 10th anniversary of conversation street my first ever podcast that i got into was called Mugglecast, a harry potter podcast who just recently celebrated their 17th anniversary <laughs> 17th anniversary for muggle i used to listen to Mugglecast. i think i listened to it for about 10 years or so but i stopped because i was finding it a bit boring 17, rude. that's, that's that rude. is pretty good. I think um, they, I think when they started rereading the books again for the, like, the 10th time <laughs> is when. <laughs> we did, because we, some, we sometimes listened to it in the car, didn't we, when I, I had it on, I made you listen to it. But um, no, they, they Mugglecast were quite good, but I don't know, I guess it was one of these things, there's only so much you can get out of it, where there's a, a finite amount of material to analyse. 
I don't know. Anyways, on to Corey. Ever since the death of Imran, I just miss him oh. so much. Even more than Henry. What? Oh. Which, in my opinion, he should come back ASAP. Summer's boyfriend storyline is a snooze fest with me. I may also be getting tired of characters keeping secrets between well, one another. If you're tired of that, you're tired of life. Tired of soaps. I think what Faye needs is to come to Las Vegas and watch Men Pause the Menopause the Musical. That will help everything. Sounds intriguing. What is my favourite moment of the podcast? This is more feedback for the general podcast anniversary. Was when either you or Gemma, being me, had tummy issues and it made it into the podcast. What is what happened? I imagine it's just like... Who's farting into the microphone? We've never done that. (laughs) No, maybe, yeah, we had... um, May have rumbly tummies, maybe. Also, those recent video podcast interviews with the various members of Coronation Street has been amazing, especially the Charlie DeMello ones, of course. <laughs> yeah, It is very nice that um, we've been able to do more video interviews recently. I know not all of the cast members are up for video interviews, but that's one thing that we can um, thank the pandemic for, is that people have got slightly more know what Zoom is, used to uh, using Zoom. Yeah. Anyways, keep up the good work with the amazing podcast and its amazing listeners in the Facebook group page. Oh, he also PSs. He's glad that Big Brother is coming back on the air and wonders whether we will be tuning in for it. Yes, we probably will. Probably. Probably will, Joseph. Now, we have got a cabin extra coming up in a minute, but before that, there's a very, very special and quite unexpected email that we received last week. And this is something related to um, a topic that uh, we were talking about in the podcast a couple of cabins ago, wasn't it? It's to do with the Australian uh, tour. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's what we didn't mention on the Australian tour because we read the obituary of Norman Frisbee, who was the uh, publicity manager back in the 60s and 70s. And um, he went on the Australian tour with them. He's recently died. And, um, well, Gemma, I'll I'll let you read this this. email. Who was this email from? This was from Nigel Frisbee. Who is? He says... um, Who is? It's it's his it's his son. son. We have an email by the son of Norman Frisbee. I love this. this is nuts. This is like the nicest. This is really really nice. Lovely. We oh, I couldn't believe this when this came through. So lovely. He said, um, just a quick email. Say thanks for the fantastic tribute you paid to Dad in podcast five hundred and thirty-four. Much appreciated. He retired and left Granada at the end of December nineteen eighty-seven after almost thirty years in post. Whilst Coronation Street was a very significant and important part of his working life, including the Australia trip in 1966, he was heavily involved with most of Granada's productions during his time there, and even wrote the rule book for the Will Tappers and Shunters Social Club. Look that up. His obituary was published in yesterday's Daily Telegraph, and as you said, he had a long life well lived. One of Dad's sayings, and this is brilliant, is, my name is Frisbee, but I'm never thrown, which, <laughs> as far as I know, was absolutely true. That's so <sighs> great. I was so, so pleased. I'm so happy that um, you uh, were able to find this, Nigel, and that you enjoy listening to um, our tribute to your dad. He sounded like a legend. Yeah, he really, really did. Well, he is a Corrie legend, he is. isn't he? He's also one of these people that um, I think is th- that I like talking about on the podcast because everybody knows, you know, all the big names and the icons and stuff, but without um, people like, like Norman. Norman, then nobody m- maybe would have heard of Coronation Street. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. They might have n- never have made it out of the 60s. Yeah. I emailed uh, Nigel back and asked how he found out about it. I think he said he was just Googling his dad or whatever and then the link to the podcast yeah. came up. So, uh, I'm really, really glad that we... And I was... Yeah, I'm just really, really glad that we decided to take the time to to pay tribute to Norman. Well, I, yeah, to, I think... And he, and he says he's been, like, playing the episode to, like, friends Aww. and family and everything. It's just that's lovely. I'm so, so chuffed about that. 
Oh, and he's still got much. an amazing name. Uh, Nigel Frisbee is the most fantastic name. Nigel I love and it. Norman Frisbee. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Imagine having a motto. I, I know. I, I can't. I don't I, think. I, I'm I don't afraid th- I can't use my surname. You cannot use your mottos. your surname in a motto. I I can't because it just wouldn't work. You can't because it'd be far too rude. Um, but anyway, that is really no, cool. It'd just be related to apples, actually. Oh yes, of course. Um, I would also like to say thank you very much to some new patrons that we've had on the podcast recently. So we've got Catherine has recently joined us, and Rebecca. I think we've got like four Rebeccas as patrons at the moment. That is the top name on yeah. Patreon at the I'm moment. I'm going to collect so, um, all of them. Thank you to all of you Rebeccas, and if any if other Rebeccas listening, are listening and you're not you're a pod, you're not a patron, then why not join the club? Don't join it yet. Wait until the first of yeah. September because don't forget you get charged. As soon as you join, you also get charged at the first of every month, even if you join at the very end of the month. We don't want you to be upset. It's very near the end of the month, so you can wait. Mm. We should have a new Rebecca's tier in the, uh, in yeah. the podcast, shouldn't we? Get you get a free mug with an R on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, we are going to do Cabin Extra in just a tick, but before that, of course, we have to let everybody know how they can get in touch with us, should you wish, with lots of nice things, please, no nasties. Um, we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you'd like to pop us an email that we can read out at the end of the show, like we did with all those other fine folks today. Um, we are at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can go there, leave us a comment. I don't think anyone's done that for, oh, at least three years, but the option is still there. We are on iTunes. Give us a review. Five stars, please. Not four. Don't accidentally give us four. We know it can happen. Look what you scored us before you click that OK button. Let's just stop it. <laughs> um, we're on Instagram. I'm I'm still kind of putting one or two pictures each day on Instagram and Twitter from our holidays. So if you're interested on all our behind the scenes snaps and stuff, there's still one or two things that didn't appear in our YouTube video this week. So um, do follow us there if you want to see what more we were up to last week. We are on Spotify. We're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group we're on YouTube. We just re-uploaded the Game of Thrones episode this week about Coronation Street. We're are on Patreon, as Gemma has just said, and that is about it. So, don't listen if you don't want to know. Do secret. not listen to know. We have got secrets coming up. This is spoiler territory. We are now entering. It's going to ruin storylines, so don't listen if you don't want to know. You know what kind of thing we talk about in Cabin Extra? It is usually cast news. Um, it is usually somebody and it leaving. Is in this it is usually either somebody leaving or somebody joining. Well. I'm going to say it now, because if you haven't pressed stop now, it's your own you're, fault. You're either, it or you're in the shower or something. It has now been confirmed. Shocker, Gemma. Millie Gibson what? is leaving Coronation no. Street. Tis true, tis true, tis true. And I'll tell you what, Gemma, that was Millie Gibson's leaving party we were at <laughs> last week. <laughs> and I think probably people who listened to this week's bonus episode of the podcast got the gist that we were at Millie's leaving party. But yes, that's what it was. And we even made it into some, um, I, like, it was funny, I, I showed you the Mirror article a couple of days ago, didn't I? And there's, um, yeah. ne- next to each other was a picture that you took of three of, uh, I can't remember who was in it, it was Millie, Georgia and Kel, wasn't it? Yeah. And then next to it was a picture of Tanisha and Millie holding the leaving card and I was there sucking my lemonade behind. Yeah. That was quite cool. But yes, Millie Gibson is leaving. Um, this has been rumoured for... What, three, four weeks, maybe? I can't remember where the story came from, but we didn't want to talk about it in the podcast until the exit was confirmed. Um, I think it kind of got out because people who were at the party <laughs> were saying, I've been at Millie Gibson's leaving party. That might we have... didn't. Nope. Wasn't us. Nope. nope. <laughs> we're saying it now because it's all out there. You'd think that um, it might be something that 
people didn't say. I, I, I would think that, um, yeah, maybe it's probably in the rules in Coronation Street that if you're having a leaving party, don't put hashtag Millie Gibson's leaving party on your Instagram post. But anyway, it is out and um, Millie Gibson put up a Facebook, uh, not a Facebook, an Instagram stories with a bit of a uh, quote about it earlier this week. She says, now that the news is out about me exiting the cobbles, I just want to say I've had the most incredible four years. Um, growing up here, I've made long lasting friendships, learned so much, and I'm forever grateful for my time and the storylines I've been given. I'm really looking forward to you guys seeing the future episodes coming up, and I can't thank Coronation Street enough for letting me be a small part of this beautiful family. Kelly Nealon will be part of my heart always. Thank you to you all for being so supportive. Heart emoji. Heart emoji? Yeah. So, oh, I'm, I'm really, really gutted. gutted. I'm really, I was really, really gutted when I heard this a few weeks ago. She's such a fantastic actress. I um, I am I'm not surprised that she wants to try her luck and move on and try different things. Yeah. Um, she, I just feel there's so much untapped potential in Kelly. I know Kelly's got a lot of stories left to tell. She, she we so don't has. know whether she's going to um, be killed off. That's always a possibility. When it comes to characters, um, or if she's going to leave, um, maybe she's going to steal Ardy's car, drive away again. Into the sunset, Not possibly. sure. Um, it's very interesting that there's now the storyline about Ardy and uh, Kelly well, getting yes, engaged. Exactly, exactly. So we now know that relationship is doomed, unless, of course, it could be possible that also Ardy's going to go with her. It could be, it could be. I don't know. Um, I mean, also, I mean, she could come back, couldn't she, if they don't kill her off. I mean, what a big, big mistake it was I mean, killing off Imran earlier this they year. They could still kill her off be... and have her come back, just like Jeff. Mate, oh yeah, maybe. His yeah. nightmares is Kelly going to haunt. Uh, <laughs> um, Maria or something. Nina. Oh yeah, Nina. <laughs> yeah. What happened to Nina's um, panic attacks? So I think they cleared up nicely. She, she would go yeah. Now I, I think if I was um, in charge of that kind of thing on Coronation Street, I'd say we're going to leave the door well open for Millie Gibson to come back to Coronation Street. As much as we wish her the very, very best of luck for her post Coronation Street future, I, I must say that um, there's just so much more that could be told for Kelly. Yeah. Particularly because, yes, she's been in the show for four years, but the first, you know, two years of it, she was very, very, very recurring character, wasn't she? Minor she was character. she was so minor, like, you know, a couple of episodes here and then six months off and then she's back again. So really, she's just been a part of Coronation Street for two years, it's really. Sort of it's, it's not long. But and she's made a massive impression. Huge impression. Just of time because she's so talented. And she, she's a cracking, really, really great actress. But it's like just as people are starting to be won round to her. Because last Christmas, we were still like, oh, get rid of Kelly, we hate Kelly, Kelly's a load of rubbish. And they were desperately, desperately trying ever. to make us love her, weren't they? Make, having all this tragedy happen to her. <laughs> having her being so saintly and wonderful. And it's kind of been a bit of a running gag on the podcast now. But actually now it's like, no, I really just love Kelly for Kelly. And I'm only teasing her when I'm talking about her kicking Seb to death. And just, as, just, she's, just as she's getting started, she's <laughs> going to be whisked away from us. Well, so, yeah, um, here's, here's two I am um, looking forward to the upcoming scenes to see how they dispatch of her. But um, I, um, yeah. it's very tragic 
Nick T, C, Ardy and Kelly now knowing that this is a love that is doomed. I mean, Unless it is. Unless they go together, it's possible. It, I don't know. It is. It'd be, ni- it'd be nice to keep them together, but I also don't want to lose we, Ardy. We are, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't I don't think we're going to be losing Ardy, honestly. Well, but um, but It I, wasn't ever supposed to really come out that, that she's leaving, but no. our policy with stuff like this is we will not talk about it unless it's been officially confirmed by the actor or Coronation, or Coronation Street. Street. So yeah. because Millie's put this on herself and it's not a secret anymore on social media, um, we thought we would yeah. uh, share it with you, especially considering that we were at the leaving I mean, party. But also, just to say too, um, we aren't going to talk about it. You guys will know this, but just in case you're new, we're not going to talk about it in the podcast. We're going to pretend we don't know. Um, we'll and just, it's we'll quite just avoid it funny somehow. sometimes <laughs> thinking of things that you could say like, I, I think I'm pretty good at imagining what I would think if I didn't know mm. it also doesn't mean that people can start talking about it on the Facebook group as yeah. well get that out please there now please remember, don't put about her leaving on the Facebook group this is just remember bit of the, podcast. the spoiler policy for the podcast uh, for the Facebook, Facebook group, group is not anything that's talked about the podcast it is is anything that has been shown on the television in the UK. Once it's been screened in the UK on the television, it's fair game to talk about, but just because we talk about it in the podcast does not mean it's not a spoiler anymore. I want to say as well that um, this is... I mean, I mentioned earlier how similar this feels to the Seb and Nina relationship, which was so beautifully sweet, wasn't it, for the course of, what, two or three weeks or so, and they built them up into such a lovely couple, which it seems like... You know, if you compare with Aaron and Summer, and they've been kind of skirting around each other for the best part of two or three months now, it feels like, and I still don't feel that much towards them. I mean, there's also, you know, Sarah Louise and Adam. They've been married for two years now. I still don't particularly believe them as a couple, and the same with some others. But Coronation Street, absolutely, when they want to, can make a beautiful, lovely, soppy sweet couple that the viewers will warm to but it seems they only want to do it when they're gonna get rid of one of them so it's more tragic do it with some characters that you want to invest that you want us to invest us in for the that you want us to be invested in for the long term coronation street please because i you can do it you can honestly do it i'm gutted for rd if he is gonna stay which again i sincerely hope he is because he's such a sweetie um, you think it's going to turn him evil? You know he's he's do. supposed to be evil now because his dad picked his sister mm. and then he forgot about it. Yeah, and it just leaves. Oh gosh, it's really really sad. But um, I'm I'm sure. I'm, I'm happy be for Millie that she's got a bright future ahead of her. Um, she is in real life a very very lovely, uh, wonderful, beautiful soul. She's a very very nice lady. She's so sweet. Um, um, she, 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 oh, she's going to come onto the podcast for an Can't interview when she leaves. For her to become mega Already famous. Agreed. Um, she goes to Hollywood. She might invite us to a party there. She might. Do. Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't even actually yeah. think of that. So, she's going to be a Hollywood star and then she'll text and say, do you want to just pop over to uh, to my pad I'm in sending, Hollywood? I'm sending a plane. <gasps> yes. We'll oh. be like, all right, yeah, okay, we'll see you in a minute. We'll see, see what we can do. I'll get. I'll, I'll pay £50 for a haircut for that, Gerald. Oh honestly. yeah, and you've got a different <laughs> shirt now, haven't you? You've got a different shirt you can wear. I will, I will have a new well, shirt by the shirt, time Millie yeah. invites us to a holiday party, absolutely. But, you know, we're, we are on the guest <laughs> list now. We didn't party. disgrace ourselves for anything Hollywood. last week. so um, Yeah, we didn't. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, we're, we're like this now, and I'm crossing my fingers to say... Well, well, well friends. We're well friends with Millie Gibson. 
She better not forget us. We're the ones that got her there. Oh, we're the ones that like propelled <laughs> we've, her. We've to been fame. supportive of Kelly Nealon all along. Yeah, we've always said that about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, so um, don't go back and listen. You know, she's got. I'm guessing four, five, six weeks left. Um, so here's let's to, enjoy her while we can. Here's to health and happiness for our Kelly, so that she doesn't pop her clogs. Indeed. And I think with that, it's time that this podcast popped its clogs for the week before next week's resurrection because um, it's a little bit late. Gemma's somewhat tired and um, we're going we're going out on a little trip tomorrow, aren't we, to... Um, somewhere. Limington? Or Lindhurst. Lindhurst, somewhere. I can't somewhere in is. the New Forest, anyway. So um, we're going to go to bed now and I'm going to sort the podcast out in the morning. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. If you stuck around this long... Thank you, everybody. Don't forget next week is going to be a listen question thing all about um, the podcast. We're carrying on these anniversary celebrations. This is just for people that like secrets. You know that. If you would like to ask us anything at all about the podcast, don't the making of the podcast. Don't ask us what we saw when we were watching filming. Anything at all, no. Don't ask us who the best guest was. Don't ask us who our favourite celebrity friend is that we've made because we've just caused fights. Um, don't ask if, us whether we're a Yuri Geller. Yeah. But if you've wondered trend. anything about the podcast, do email us in or put it on the Facebook group post and we will then answer go. it next week. Let's, Let's go. go, says Gemma. So we shall. Gemma, who made the podcast music this week and every week for the past 10 years and one week? Well, podcastthemes.com. Yay! Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later.